Welcome to the Arms Race. This is the podcast where we try to determine which action star has the highest body count in movie history, currently by watching every Sylvester Stallone movie one at a time. I'm Kevin Keane. And I'm Mike Olson, and today we'll be discussing Creed, released by Warner Brothers on November 25th, 2015. Starring Michael B. Jordan, Sylvester Stallone, Tessa Thompson, Felicia Rashad, Andre Ward, Tony Bellew, Richie Coster, Wood Harris, and Graham McTavish. Written by Ryan Coogler and Aaron Covington. Based on characters created by Sylvester Stallone, directed by Ryan Coogler. So we're here. We're here. We got here eventually. Eventually. Better and, late than never. And, and very late. Uh, but yeah. uh, Apologies for that. Hey, life, life gets in the way. This is a, this is a hobby. This is, this is not uh, something we're getting paid for. So yeah, you know, we've got to take care of life business. We too. had a really good track record. We finally we broke did. the streak. We, I mean, when, when we're we on, we always come out every two weeks. When we're, we, we take our breaks, we're a little looser than that. But... This is the first yeah. one we've just flat out but, missed. So but life has gotten the, yeah, but life has gotten away for both of us. But uh, yeah. if, if people knew all of the details of all of what has happened, I think they would be more than understanding. But well, I think people will be understanding regardless. And and some of those details yeah. will almost certainly come up as I mentioned in the last episode, just yeah. relevant to this movie. I'm not going to dwell on it too much. But um, anyway, yeah. But uh, yeah, so I, I definitely you th- this this is one that uh, I know is among your favorites. So you you definitely mm-hmm. need to, to to lead us off on this one. It really is one of my favorites, and you know I'm I, I'm sure when we're done with this whole experiment, we'll um, we'll rank all of Stallone's movies, and that will be a, quite an ordeal given how many movies there are. <laughs> um, and so within that, I'll have to decide what is my favorite Rocky movie. And you know, for a long time, I've been reluctant. You know, Creed was always in the running, but I've never been like Creed's my favorite Rocky movie because it feels weird to me to say like a non-Rocky movie is the you know, it's a Creed movie. It's not a Rocky movie, even though it's part of the series. God, every time I watch it, I like it more, and especially now for reasons that we'll get into. Yeah. You know, I I every time I feel like I have a more of a personal connection with it, and just as different things happen in my life, and I don't know if it's just it's just coincidentally there's a lot of things in this movie that i that resonate with me and and more so every time i think this is my favorite rocky movie oh. i think i can officially say that i love this movie so much I, there there are like that i have the tiniest complaints about it just the little littlest flaws you know and and we're us we're going to nitpick it i'm sure the other things will come up but grand scheme of things there's very little that i have to complain about i just and 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 also i think ryan coogler you know, nothing against uh, Stallone as a director, nothing against um, um, drawing a blank on the director, uh, John Advilson. Nothing against them. They're fine directors, both of them. But I think Ryan Coogler is a true like talent. Like He's one of the most talented directors, I think, working today. It's kind of a shame he got sucked into the Marvel machine, but <laughs> he's young. He's got time to make other stuff. But, you know. He's got to make the money, too. Sure. Oh, he's doing just fine. I yeah, think. there's nothing wrong with that. Um, you know, but I, I think just visually and just the editing and this movie has a style to it that no other Rocky movie has. No. And well, I, I have not seen Creed two yet. Um, but to me, I, you know, I, I don't know yet if it's my favorite somewhat because it's unfair. Although I can't imagine that Creed two would rank above Creed for me, but I don't know. So it'd be unfair for me to even, I'm going to go out on a limb and say it won't. Yeah. And, and I'm sure that's the case. Actually, I don't know, because you love Rocky. I mean, we both love Rocky Four, and the connection between Rocky Four and Creed Two is significant, and maybe yeah. that might be enough to... I mean, we'll see. Put it sorry, sorry to interrupt. No, that's fine. But in terms of definitely style and feel, it's easily my favorite. And I do think, because, you know, Fruitvale State, there, there's a lot of other stuff that Ryan Coogler has done. Yeah. Not that he's done a ton of stuff, but the stuff that he's done, I've liked it all. 
He's and, made three movies, and they're all great. Yes. And so, in particular, the boxing sequence, it has a different feel to it, but it also, to me, that was always one of my, you know, no pun intended to say, knocks on, on some of the early movies. It, it didn't feel real. Yeah. This feels, in particular, and I, and I, you got that vibe, too, in Rocky Balboa, but I, I highlighted it in my notes, but the the HBO introduction for... Wheeler, uh, uh, Conlon, Conlon. Yeah, that in and in and of itself, I, I was completely jacked. I'm like, this is awesome. I mean, really, the, yeah, that is. And it, again, you know, I'm sure. Look, HBO, I'm sure was involved in some way, right? Their their branding is being used, but that it felt real. You know, the fact that he's watching it on a tablet to all of that felt like really real and. Mm-hmm. Is so much of a departure, I think, from everything else, other than maybe Rocky Balboa has got it a little bit. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. And and so from from that perspective, hundred percent. The first five Rocky movies feel like this cloistered little world where nothing gets in or out, and it's just there's this set of characters, and they live in their own tiny little bubble. And even when Rocky's this world famous guy, he still lives in this tiny little bubble. And then Rocky Balboa starts to open it up of just like, oh, the rest of the world, exists. ESPN exists, you know, so, <laughs> right. think, little things like that. Or it's like, oh, I guess you know. And now it's like the James Bond series exists in this world, you know. It's like it's, it's, the first time I saw this movie, I was like, that's really jarring. But I agree, like it feels like creed more than even rocky baboa is like connecting the rocky series to like the real world and making retroactively making all the rocky movies feel more real and more more connected to the real world in a really effective way yeah and so there there is one overarching theme that i will want to talk about and i actually think that this plays in a little bit of what you're saying of you know kind of the things behind the scenes with us there's one nitpick that that I do think is important, very important thematically, and it's not unique to this movie that I, that I want to talk about. It's probably my biggest beef, and oh, I, I think you're going to have some thoughts too. And you may not actually even agree with my thoughts. Is but, it is about connected to uh, Donnie's adoption and, and all that? Is yeah, that, yeah. yeah. And, and it's not necessarily adoption, but it it, it I, I'll, I'll put it out here in the intro. But we'll we'll talk about it. I'm sure more in depth. The the theme or or the idea that your biological parents you're you're always in so that you're no matter that you follow in the footsteps of your biological parents and that that theme that he's a fighter so a don and it it doesn't go make the jump that like he had to be this right yeah but there are a lot of thematic themes there um or, or threads there that exist a lot in in pop culture cinema tv and adoption stories and for for me that that's the tough one and the the reason being is that apollo creed right is somebody that the world looks up to not every adoption story is necessarily that way and i don't personally i don't i don't believe right that i do things that there, there are some things that you take after your birth parents and we can get into them, but that, that's the one thematic theme or issue that I have with the movie, and I okay, it, it's yeah, not and it's not unique to this movie, so it's not fair to knock like this movie because there's all kinds of stories that are told that way. Yeah, so. yeah, I mean, I understand totally where you're coming from. I think um, what movie was it where we talked about this stuff and it was it was a similar thing. I, we, it might have been twins, ironically maybe. enough, of just because of like eugenics and. Yeah, well, I definitely, maybe it wasn't though. Yeah, maybe maybe it was. I don't remember what it was. I, I know I know we had talked about this in the general sense in the past of like you know most screenwriters. I don't know what Ryan Coogler 
or Aaron Covington, what their you know background. their situation was, their background was. But I, I know a little bit about Ryan Coogler's father, which I'll get to in a second. But like, so I believe that I don't believe he's adopted uh, is, is my understanding, but I could be wrong. So I don't know. But I mean, I know in the past when we've talked about this stuff, it's like you know generally it's because most screenwriters were not adopted right. and don't are haven't really don't have any personal Connection. experience with yeah. that, and so to most people, their biological parents are. They're their parents, and so they presume a significance in all situations when maybe there isn't always one. Yeah. So, you know, I totally understand where you're coming from in, in the abstract. I think in this particular situation, there's unique things to talk about that will probably... I mean, I am i don't think I'm qu- going to quite fall on the, as far in that direction as you, but we'll, we'll get into yeah. it. Um, but yeah, as far as Ryan Coogler's father, I think maybe my favorite part of the, the background of this, the making of this movie is, you know, Ryan Coogler made Fruitvale Station... And it was like, you know, I don't think it was really that successful financially. I, I hadn't heard of it until years later, but it was very well regarded. Financially, it wasn't. It was well regarded and only, actually, you know, not to get too much into my personal stuff, but I I was more acutely aware and interested. I don't think I actually wound up finding it in theaters by us fast enough. But as, as soon as it was available and it wasn't streaming back then, you know, it was DVD. Yeah. Uh, I, I did watch it pretty quickly. Um be- because you know my son is adopted and he's black, and so I was probably more aware than many. And, and it was a great movie, and I, you know, I-, I didn't, I didn't know how quickly he would become a pretty big commercial success. Well, that's th- the, that he's become. That's the remarkable part of the story. Is okay. Just a little background about her, and, and I meant to read up more about this, and I didn't get to it. So, but my from the story that I'd heard about this was Ryan Coogler's father was a huge Rocky fan. He grew up loving the Rocky movies because his father loved them. And then his father had a, a cancer diagnosis, and I think he came out the other side okay, is my understanding. But um, one of the things that Ryan Coogler and his father bonded about were the Rocky movies. So when he became a director, he just wrote this movie. Like spec. Yeah, basically on spec. And then had to convince not only the studios, and I think MGM was sold because this is released by Warner Brothers. So I don't know how the rights worked out, but like he had to convince the studios that he was and then he had to convince Sylvester Stallone because this is the only Rocky movie to this point that was not written at all by Sylvester Stallone Creed 2 even was is co-written by Sylvester Stallone so this is the only one and they had to convince him to go along with it and he was very reluctant and you know just the tenacity it must have taken for Ryan Coogler to be like I made one movie and right. it didn't even do that well people liked it and thought it was very good but it didn't do that well and right. for him to talk you know get him this movie made for a Series that he didn't have any right to. Why, why would? Why do you have right? Any, why take a chance on, on right on this guy? Like, who are you? I mean, and it, it turns out he is a great director, and I guess maybe he just people believed in his uh, you know, ability, and and rightfully so because he's a great director. So, and you know the 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 story of basically he got this movie made for his dad, you know, yeah, because cool. his dad loved the Rocky series, and because his dad had you know had a cancer fight, and it's like. The the story behind the making of this movie is like just as touching and interesting as, yeah. Yeah, as the movie itself. So um, I just think that's really interesting. So anyway, um, one last thing before we get started. And this is worth talking about because um, this episode is very late. But I wanted to call people's attention to the last action, the last of the action uh, heroes oh, yes. podcast network. So this is this is the guys over at the uh, going the distance podcast who um, you know, we, we've talked about here and there. It's a good Rocky podcast. Uh, they've put together this uh, podcast network of a bunch of different podcasts, and we were invited to join. Uh, we wanted to join, but unfortunately, 
this episode is late because we're, <laughs> we can barely do our own podcast right now. So unfortunately, we just can't be involved in, in you know, appearing on other podcasts and stuff like that. We just don't have the time right now. But, um, you know, it was, it was really nice of them to invite us, and we really wish we could be a part of it because it's really cool. There's a bunch of great podcasts on there, not just the Rocky podcasts, but um, Slycast is on there, uh, Rocky Minutes. There's a James Bond podcast called Drunk Bond Pod, uh, which I've been meaning to listen to. I haven't had a chance to listen to it yet. Uh, there's a Bruce Willis podcast called Where There's a Willis, There's a Way, which I have to say, guys, great title. <laughs> it's an amazing title. Great, great job. I mean, it's speaking as the former bad puns of machine guns. That's right in our wheelhouse. You know what? Sometimes you just got to have a wordy title. If it's, <laughs> if, if it's worth the, the wordplay, yes, you know, go for it. Um, anyway, there's a Steven Seagal podcast. So if you Google Last of the Action Heroes podcast network, you will find these guys. Um, just wanted to shout them out because... We really wish we could be yeah, part of it. And it did. just it was, didn't work out. So everything, many things in life and timing, and it just was not great yeah, timing. Yeah, the for worst possible timing. <laughs> Again, we can't even get our own podcast done. So <laughs> I hope uh, everyone understands. But, but we're we're here now, and are you ready? Uh, you ready to get into Creed? Let's get into Creed. All right. What day is it? What year? All right, uh, November nineteenth or twenty fifth. It's ba- it's it's Thanksgiving weekend. That's what really I think my date actually was the like early release for the yeah, long Thanksgiving weekend. There but, was like some like special release a week early somewhere. Yeah. Or, uh, uh, so it is Thanksgiving uh, twenty fifteen. Uh, I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna lead off. It's been such a long time. You may not remember, but we got the Rotten Tomatoes rating. Uh, it's a very well regarded movie for, with. A justifiable reason, but I'll let you try and guess of exactly how high the uh, the ratings are for the audience and uh, critics. Score. I guarantee there was one or at least one or two snotty critics who wanted to. Oh, this is not. There always is because it's hard to get 100 percent fresh. I'm going to say in like 92, a little bit higher, 95 percent on oh, the critics. Okay, I'm pleasantly. Surprised. I was surprised the audience score is lower than actually I thought it would be. Yeah, I'm actually not surprised it's a little low. I'm going to guess. 84. Ooh, close. 89. So just okay. under 90. Still very good. Still, yeah, that's still, that's very, especially for an audience score where people just love to just, you know, <laughs> review bomb movies for the dumbest reasons. So, you know, I mean, just the fact that nobody, to my knowledge, there was no campaign to no. For, for, from one side or the other for some stupid <laughs> political reason. You know, at least, at least that didn't happen to this movie. I do think that there are some Rocky fans who have mixed feelings about the Creed movies. Um, because they know, just wanted it to be Rocky and be done with his boxing career. Yeah, and I think I think to a degree it's a generational thing. It's like that. you know I think older Rocky fans are just like I can't relate to this kid. You know, so that's that sort of a thing. And all well, these movies, I mean, I was dubious when they announced this movie. I'm just like, oh, I don't know if I'm okay <laughs> with this. I mean, I wasn't familiar with Ryan Coogler at the time. I'm just like, mm, okay, I'll see. We'll, let's see how it is. I mean, ultimately, I'm really glad that the series is yeah. continuing on, and Creed Three was officially greenlit recently. And, oh, okay. And Michael B. Jordan is directing. I know we talked in the past. How the reason why it was being delayed is because he was holding out. It's like I, I direct or nobody directs. It's like, well, they they finally gave in and said, okay. He, it <laughs> seems like he's serious. Yeah, no, he was, he was definitely serious. So <laughs> he will be directing, and I think it's official that Stallone will not be in it. All right. Well, then. <laughs> I'll be interested to see the movie, but it's somewhat a relief. It's a little bit less work for us. That's a fair point, yeah. <laughs> well, that seems like bonus material, bonus episode material, it probably but is. Um, right. that's a You're long right. way off. All right, so um, on the box office front, according to Box Office Mojo, a $35 million production budget, uh, and this was certainly a successful movie with a total, 
worldwide box office of just over $173 million. It was successful. I was shocked to learn recently that Creed 2 was actually even a bigger hit. Really? I would have guessed it was Creed 2 would have been a slight dip. But Same. No. I would have guessed, too. That I mean, we'll get there when we do Creed 2. But, yeah. yeah, this series has become a huge smash hit. I think even beyond Rocky fans, I think it's literally, it's such a cliche to say. It's like, it found a whole new generation of fans, you know? <laughs> but I think it's actually true. I, I do, too. And some of it is because the feel is as we let off with, a lot different feeling to the movie. That yeah. even if you didn't have any interest in Rocky movies, and I even say to a certain extent, you don't care about sports boxing movies. Um, because it's still, it still it has other elements to it. I can see where it did find... Now, I don't know about the sequel, but at least the first one, I can see where it found a whole new audience. I think all those things are still true of the sequel, I would all say. Right. Uh, so on the domestic front, just under $110 million, uh, so about 63% of the total box office, and then just under $64 million for foreign. All right, so what was going on? What was in the top 10 movies in 2015? Well, I think we were like two weeks away from The Force Awakens, right? So that's not out yet. It is not. Uh, was that know. The Force Awakens, 2015, or was so. that? No, I think that, that was... It was. That's the first one. That's the first right. of... Yeah, okay. So 2015, yes, 2017, 2019, yes. I believe. All right, well, we are finishing out a series because it is the number one movie in America, and it is the second week that it is number one. The Hunger Games, Mockingjay Part 2, oh. is number one movie in America with $52 million in box office, and bringing its two-week total to $200 million, which is pretty impressive. That's impressive, but at the same time, already only six years later, who is talking about The Hunger Games anymore? That's a series that lost its cultural impact immediately. I agree. I was never a huge—I didn't read the books. No. I saw most of the movies. I actually don't know if I even saw that. We saw the first one together, I remember. We, we, did, we, it we was went just, to see something else, and it's like, oh, it was sold out or something. We're like, oh, let's I just think see that's what it was. Like, eh, whatever, fine. Yeah. And I wasn't. I was kind of like, eh, this isn't terrible, but I don't understand why this is a cultural phenomenon either. Yeah. All right, and number two, I can tell you I saw this movie in theaters. It might have even been this week if it wasn't. It's easily, easily the worst Pixar movie, and it's not even close. Oh, is that Inside or whatever? Uh, no, Inside Out is very Inside good. Out. I never see it. Oh, Inside, see it. Inside Out is actually, I think, maybe oh. its greatest movie. And I, it's it transcends. It's not just a good Pixar movie. I actually think Inside Out, not to get off topic, Inside Out is truly a great movie. It okay. really is. I'll have to see it. I, I was just guessing. I was trying to figure out what would have come out in 2015. Cars 2? Uh, so in fairness, <laughs> I haven't seen Cars 2. It might be worse than this. Okay, what, I'll stop guessing. What was it? The Good Dinosaur. It's awful. I never heard of that. It but. is awful. Awful. Boy. But nobody knew this for the first week because it's like, oh, it's a family movie and it's a Pixar. It must be good because it was the number two movie in America of just under 40 million. That's a Pixar or that's a Disney CG animation? Because there's kind no, of a distinction. It, it was a Pixar huh. and uh, they it got delayed and delayed. Uh, they. Yeah, we had script problems from day one. They, Pixar knew it had a problem because I, I've never heard of this. It movie. got pushed back and pushed back, and I think they finally like eh, we can't fix this. We need to just release this. Right. And I, it still, I'm sure, was relatively successful. But by Pixar standards, it was yeah. The to, fact today that you they don't, yeah, today they would have dumped it on Disney Plus. <laughs> One hundred percent. Quietly release it over here. That's what they would have done. Yeah. Uh, so number three actually was Creed. So it opened number three. Wow. Movie in America. So still a, a very robust box office. So that's what it must have built over time. I guess so. I, I shouldn't even say over time, right? Because from you've got 
Thanksgiving, but I, I bet you, I bet you, this still was probably doing pretty well late December. I bet you Creed was still probably doing pretty well in like low top ten. I bet you. It was I mean, still it had to get in there before Star Wars came out because that was going to take over the world. It, it very certain, shortly. Yes. Uh, so just under thirty million opening weekend um, for for Creed. Number four, I forgot. And this honestly, it feels like now, when I saw this, I'm like, oh my god, this was a, this was a lifetime ago. Spectre is the number four movie. Oh, the yeah. fact that the last James Bond movie. Yeah, it was six years ago. Six years, man. Well, to be fair, it was supposed to come out like a year and a half ago. I know, but that's, that's what I'm saying is that the COVID delay. Yeah. I, I, honestly, I'm like, oh, my God, Spectre was six years ago. It's too long. It's definitely it way too long. I remember when the six-year gap between License to Kill and GoldenEye, and everyone was like, this is intolerably long, this gap. <laughs> and, you know. This is just, I mean, it's by accident, partially. And also, like, they went through that whole Danny Boyle phase of just, like, Danny Boyle's going to make it the next Bond movie, and then six months later, they're like, we've changed our mind. Danny Boyle's out. <laughs> Goodbye, Danny Boyle. I'm very excited about it. It looks great, but I, at I, this point, the buildup has been so long. and It's, it's, it's like, going to be, that's it, the problem. It can't it? live up to it. It probably can't, but I, I do hope that it's a rebound. I hope it's very, very good, as I think we've talked, or I, I've I've talked about off the air I want Daniel Craig's to. I want it to be a solid way to go out because yeah. Casino Royale, honestly, was. It, it, if it's not my favorite, it's right there in oh, easily it, number two. If it's not number one, definitely my favorite. Bond. And so I want. I desperately want the last one to be with Daniel Craig to be solid. They spent a lot of time writing it. First of all, <laughs> second of all, they knew going in that it was his last one, and third of all, they've. Now, they, they've, they, they've been connecting all of these movies along the way, so they, they've had no problem reaching back and connecting. So, I mean, I think, and also based on the trailers, it seems pretty clear to me that they're, they're pitching this as, like, the big finale for Craig. And yeah. I, th- I think they're going to try to actually have some kind of wrap-up so that the next Bond will start fresh again. I think that, I that, so. that seems like the new pattern for the Bond series now. Yeah. It's like every Bond gets his own little series with a beginning, middle, and end. Yeah, I think that's of, probably what they're going to do. So, uh, Although know, now Amazon owns it, so who knows what they're going to do with it. <laughs> it is true. Uh, all right, so we spent too much time on Spectre. It was the number four movie in America. Uh, the prior week, it was number two. So now there's some good competition in there, but at the same time, I, I do think that, as you and I have said, it's not a very good movie, no. and it was... Bad word of mouth. For bad sure. word of mouth, yeah. but I mean, that, it's still in the top like 50 to 60 percentile of Bond movies. There's a lot of bad Bond movies. And that said... You know, so it's it's dropped that in you know the prior week it was week two and I and it's it is now its fourth week so it's it's been in theaters four weeks in fairness so just over uh, just under thirteen million but the worldwide is one hundred and seventy six or that's the U S I think total gross one hundred seventy six million so it was still it obviously did very very well yeah uh, number five I actually saw this and it, this was good and I this is like one of those movies I forgot about the Peanuts movie I saw it with my kids because you know it's six years ago my kids were a lot younger yeah it actually was a really good movie. Uh, it was number five, uh, the prior week, number three. It was also in its fourth week, uh, just under 10 million. You know, when I was a kid, I really loved the Peanuts cartoons and the little TV movies and stuff. When I saw the trailers and stuff and the commercials for that Peanuts movie, just the animation style was so off-putting to me. I'm like, ugh, this is like, <laughs> they look like garbage pail kids. I can see that. I did not like the way that movie looked. I, I will say, outside of whatever stylistically, in terms of like the story, it, it was it was a good family like movie. I as okay. I remembered, I've never seen it again. Maybe on a second viewing, maybe it wasn't, and it was just like this is better than the good dinosaur. So this is great. I don't know actually. <laughs> sure. Okay. Uh, all right. So then number six, the night before, which I do not remember, mm. uh, just under nine or eight point three million. Number seven, Secret in Their Eyes. Again, another movie I don't know. 
I'm excited because at least the last three I do know. Number eight, Spotlight, which is actually it is a great movie. Uh, I've seen it. I, I've seen it multiple times, which yeah. I did not. I did not think, based on the trailer, that that was a movie that I would watch multiple times. I have watched it at least three times. It is. There are some great performances. I agree, all around. And it. It. You know, we've talked about Michael Keaton, but everybody in in that movie is fantastic. Yeah, he's great in that. You know what else? I, I just rewatched The Founder like a oh. couple of weeks ago, and it's only because I'm just like, ah, that movie's okay, but Michael Keaton is so good in it. He, and he really is. He really does carry it. I've seen that one a couple of times, too. Mike, Michael Keaton, underrated. I, you know what I put? I just started rewatching, uh, I and I don't have the time. I shouldn't be doing it. I, I, I started up, and it's scenes. I haven't rewatched that entire episode yet. Season one of True Detective. I'm a, I put Michael, Michael Keaton and Woody Harrelson. Those are, I think those are two actors that I think are I don't underappreciate. I probably push Woody Harrelson too much, but I think in like the 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 the, the, the ethos, neither one of them get enough credit. They are really versatile actors that can that can do a lot, in my view. I think in Michael Keaton's case, it's kind of his own fault because he just loves talking about how he still is Batman. He's just like, I'm the best Batman. And you go on any like talk show, he goes on. He's still clinging to that. Like I'm, and he's gonna be back in something as Batman, like the the Flash movie they're making. Really? They're doing some like alternate timelines things. Where he's, he's gonna be Batman. He's again. not gonna be Birdman. He's gonna be Batman. He's gonna be Batman. <laughs> I don't know who else. It's uh, this is this is the thing. I guess I'm spoiling stuff, but whatever. It, I mean, they've announced the casting. I think because the new Spider-Man movie is doing something similar. I won't talk about who's in it and stuff like that. But anyway, this seems like a trend now. Of just like now, these series are bringing back you know some some older pure West. <laughs> well, they're not bringing back Adam West. <laughs> well, not, yeah, I was gonna say I'm not sure if he's alive or not. I keep telling you he's 86 years old <laughs> and he's dead. Granted, but. I thought you were going to go to Major League. This guy here is dead. dead. That's a great one, too. Cross him off, then. One of my, that guy only has one line. There are a few of those in the history of movies for me. That guy, he gets one line. A good he line makes every... He makes it count, the one line he, he, be- he, he believes, but he's like, this guy here is dead. He absolutely does. All right, sorry. I, this is taking way too long. Number nine is Brooklyn. Number ten, another movie that I've seen multiple times. I, on the trailer, I didn't think I would. The Martian. The Martian is a great movie. It, yeah. it really is. It is a lot. And it's fun, too. That I, I did not expect that at all based on the trailer. I, on rewatching it, I think it's a little too silly. I think it's like 10% too silly. Okay, I, I mean, can... I appreciate that it is fun. It's better to, better to err on that side than on the too serious side, so I can forgive it. But I, mean, I like the movie. That's I own right. it. It's just, yeah. it's just maybe it, I would like it to pull back a tiny bit. I can see that. I can see that. Yeah. I think some of it, my reaction is because going into it, I didn't expect that at all. I expected, yeah, I think, right. yeah. more like the you know arrival or something. And I don't, I don't dislike arrival either, but that's that's I don't know. That's more of what I thought I was going to be getting. So. Yeah, no, I mean it, it's a fun movie, and I think you can't fault a movie for trying to entertain. You know what I mean? Like I, I I'm fine with it. All right, so 2015 TV ratings. CBS is cranking it out. NCIS is the number one TV show in America. You know, if we were spending too much time talking about the movies that came out, we can maybe just go through this real quick. Are right, you ready? Number two, Sunday Night Football. Number three, The Big Bang Theory. Number four, Thursday Night Football. Number five, here's a show you may or may not remember, Empire. Oh, sure. <laughs> yeah, that, that probably got more publicity for other things off the air that they didn't necessarily want and then eventually petered out. Oh, I don't think I know what the story is. Uh, well, the Ju- Jesse Smollett was on that show. Oh, okay. And, uh, whatever. I didn't, no, I, no. Didn't know that. I didn't know much about that show other than... Okay. Uh, is Terrence Howard on yeah, that? Yeah, Terrence Howard. Yeah, that's the only thing I knew about. Right. Number six, NCIS New Orleans is the number <laughs> okay. six. Number seven, Dancing with the Stars. There's actually more scripted shows in here than I thought. Number eight, Blue Bloods. 
Num- a tie for 10th, or number 9, I guess. The Voice, Monday, and I didn't think... The X-Files? Did it come back? It must have. They must have brought it back yeah, because the they, X-Files is on here. I'm like, is this a typo? Yeah, but, they did some kind of revival season. Yeah, I right. forgot all about it. All right, well. Because, yeah, there, there was a run of that because then they brought Twin Peaks back. And, you know, there was, there I know was you were excited about at least love, Twin Peaks. I, I love Twin Peaks The Return. I don't know how. I, I don't think the X-Files uh, revival Warranted. was. was no, I don't think it was well received. Right. I don't think X-Files fans liked it. All right. Twin Peaks fans love Twin Peaks The Return, including Good. me. Good. All right. Uh, Most of them, anyway. History, Actually, that's not, not true. There's a, there's a segment of Twin Peaks fans that, they're, that they're, hate well, No matter what. They're, if, if something is... No, it, it's, 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 it is divisive. It's a weird show. Okay. Twin Peaks was already a weird show, so it's like most Twin Peaks... Chief Wiggum. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Twin Peaks fans, most Twin Peaks fans are pretty much willing to roll with any punch you threw at them, but some a portion were, went like, okay, now this is too weird. <laughs> we don't like this now. Can I say I should be embarrassed that the only Twin Peaks reference I have is actually no, not from Twin Peaks, it's from The Simpsons? It's understandable. But it was a fair representation of Twin Peaks that The Simpsons did. Oh, definitely. And then there was also another episode where there was a flashback episode... They flash back to the 90s, and Homer was watching Twin Peaks. Remember that? Yes. Some damn fine cherry pie. And then it's just a horse <laughs> dancing with yes. the giant underneath. Yes. Brilliant. I have absolutely no idea what's, <laughs> what's going, going on. on. Yeah. Which is also an accurate depiction of Twin Peaks. <laughs> All right. So history was particularly, particularly a downer. I mean, when I was going through it, oh, yeah, this no. is going to be bad. <laughs> we can skip this, too, I think. I, I'll, I feel like I have to do it. At, least it, wasn't the, at least it wasn't the election year. November. It wasn't, but it was leading up to it. Yeah, it was leading up to it. All right. So the S&P 500 is at 2,080.62. Okay. All right. November 1st. This actually, I I, I started out, I'm like, all right, this is is pretty good. A little sports. This isn't too bad. All right. It's also a team that you could, like, root for that won the World Series. It's great. Uh, Major League Baseball, the Kansas City Royals defeat the New York Mets in uh, four games uh, four games to one to win their first championship in 30 years. That's kind of uplifting. you know. Yeah. Even if you're not a baseball fan, small market team, it was. It was a great story because Kansas City was like right on the cusp, didn't get it done. I think it was the year before, but, but got over the hump. And it's like, that's great. A small market team. Yeah. It doesn't happen a lot, but it's nice to see that it actually can happen in baseball. In baseball in particular, it's always right. nice. Actually, funny enough, I just rewatched Moneyball recently. I was getting fed Moneyball clips on YouTube. And I was just like, this is a great movie. I need to own this. So I just bought it on Blu-ray. So. That's, that's, I, I, that's great. Well, it's funny. Is I, I wonder if I did a search over your house because I use uh, – he gets on base and who's Fabio? Actually, for my sports betting, oh, I have somebody – That's right. Uh, oh, that is easily one of my – who's Fabio? The, the, the <laughs> yeah, he's a shortstop. Short <laughs> yeah. uh, we're not selling jeans here. Sorry. All right. That really got off topic. All right. So the, the Royals have won the World Series. All right. November 12th. 2015, NASA scientists report that human-made carbon dioxide continues to increase above levels not seen in hundreds of thousands of years, currently about half of the carbon dioxide released from the burning of fossil fuels. Uh, That's probably, that's getting dour, especially Mm -hmm. as, you know, we, you know, it's 2021, it's not getting any better, but it gets really worse. November 13th, multiple terrorist attacks claimed by the Islamic State of Iraq. Uh, in Paris, France, result in 130 fatalities. Uh, wow. November 30th, the 2015 United Nations, speaking of Paris, uh, climate change conference is held in Paris, attended by leaders from 147 nations, most of which have continued to be signed up to the accord that was signed in 2015. Mm-hmm. Not all of us, although I think soon we will be rejoining as the United States. Yeah, I think it's just a, just a matter of stamping some things or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right, so on, I expanded out December 2nd, uh, unfortunately. 
for some of this stuff I forgot about, and I kind of wish I had forgotten about until reopening doing this history. Two gunmen opened fire at a workplace in San Bernardino, California, killing 14 before dying themselves in a shootout uh, with police. ISIL also claimed responsibility for that. What I didn't find, because I know it's later on in the months, but that actually, there was a lot of controversy about Apple refusing. that. that I think they had an iPhone that Apple, eventually there was a, key i don't i don't remember if it was ever revealed exactly how the fbi got access to it but if you remember you know apple is very protective of encryption unlike my, my android phone uh, whatever right. google will give you whatever you want yeah uh i actually remembered more about the controversy ironically enough about trying to access the phone than, yeah. than um i definitely remember that too yeah um so december 3rd Defense Secretary Ashton Carter announces that all combat roles in the United States military must be open to women by April 1st. Uh, December 7th, 2016, presidential candidate Donald Trump calls for a complete ban on Muslims entering the United States following the events in San Bernardino and Paris, causing nationwide controversy. And it was only the beginning of lots of controversy to come. December 9th... uh, I ended, I think, on kind of a a laughable note to me. Uh, Whether or not you will agree, I don't know. December 9th, pharmaceutical executive Martin Shikrelli, I think is how it's pronounced. Shikrelli, I think. Shikrelli, thank you. You're right. Shikrelli. Is this when he bought the damn Wu-Tang album? (laughs) Asshole. (laughs) I think it was confiscated when he was arrested. Hold on. Okay, yeah, I'm jumping ahead. Is revealed to be the winner of an auction of the single copy of the Wu-Tang Clan album Once Upon a Time in Shaolin, valued at $2 million. Which I find very ironic now that the NFTs are a thing. Yeah. Which, l- let me just say, sorry, I-, I know I'm getting to be an old man. NFTs, it's incredibly stupid. No, I think most people believe it's stupid. I mean, s- some people are getting suckered into it, but those people... The, 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 you the know. NBA is like, is, is got a division like focused on this now. Yeah. Whatever. Okay, I think NFTs, incredibly stupid. Let's put it aside. It's a bubble, like anything else. It'll it'll pop, and it'll all that stuff will be worthless in keep, six months. Keep, keep in mind the date that that it was revealed that that album was purchased. I don't think that was the date of the purchase. I think that's when it was revealed. That's when people it. learned. But yeah, yeah, it was definitely a secret for a while. But then when that guy got arrested, the government confiscated his one album. I, I forget what happened to December it. People se- were clamoring for the government to release it on the internet or something. December seventeenth, he is arrested for securities fraud <laughs> charges. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. Eight days later, that was amazing. All right. uh, And finishing out history, the New York Times bestseller. This was perfect. And if we hadn't spent so much, if I hadn't wasted so much time, I think you could have a field day with this. Rogue Lawyer. You can guess who wrote Rogue Lawyer because it just feels like that should be the stock title for a John Grisham novel. (laughs) Rogue Lawyer. (laughs) actually is a John Grisham novel. I mean, that's it's late enough his career where he's just out of ideas. Because Rogue Lawyer? Is Rogue Lawyer okay with everybody? Yeah, yeah, it's good. That basically feels like the working title he probably had on every single thing until they came up with another title. Yeah. It's like, um, what was the, on, the, on Futurama where they did that Alan McBeal parody, what was it? it was single oh. female lawyer. Yes. What say you, single female lawyer? lawyer? Uh, and the number one single on the Billboard 100 was Hello by Adele, which is certainly one that I recognize. That's a good but, song. But I did have the week before, I did not realize that uh, The Hills, I did not realize The weekend 
was as apparently must have been huge, and I didn't know it in 2015. Oh, sure. But all I all well, I they, had, they knew about it in Uncut Gems. I, uh, I was just gonna say I assume that Blacklight was absolutely required for him to perform that song. Yeah. Is what my guess is. Yeah, what's his name? What was his character's name in Uncut Gems? He knew about the weekend. Uh, no, he was playing himself. I know, but that was set in like 2009 or whatever, and that, that they go out of their way to be like, this guy, he's going to be the next big thing because by the time yeah. Uncut Gems was made, he was the weekend. So, yeah. Now all I think of, he he was the one at the 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 this most recent Super Bowl who got lost underneath the stage, like that became like a meme. He what? I didn't realize that's not that. lost, but there's a part where like he went underneath the stage and the camera follows him and it's like a mirror. It's like a, it's a funhouse mirror and he's like singing and looking around like oh I'm lost underneath oh. the stage. It was like it was <laughs> I like it was Spinal Tap. It was like a planned thing, but it was just like this weird moment and like, a lot of people. I think it was the weekend who did that. Okay, anyway. I have not actually watched the Super Bowl in a while, so I am uh, I'm lost at that reference. But that it was a long way of getting there. But that was history in November of 2015. Okay. Ready for uh only only one of those stories made my stomach churn, but um okay. that's that's pretty pretty good for twenty fifteen, I guess. Alright, let's move on to the big picture. You wanna talk? We'll talk. I'm a sucker for good conversation. Alright, the big picture. This is the segment of the show where we discuss the plot of the movie. Yeah. I should I should clarify, I'm not trying to belittle shootings and things, but <laughs> You know, I think you know which one I'm referring There's to. There's a special place for yeah. one of them. I understand. All right. So this uh, plot summary. What uh, You want me to do my, my, my quick intro and then co- go from there? Please do. Give us your All right. two to three sentence. This summary. is a great movie. So I, the, most of the time I do these derisively from most of the, the bad movies. Sure. Uh, so this I kind of feel bad. But I all did my all best. the snark has been drained out of this one. You yeah. just, you're just giving a summary. Yeah. I, 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 I tried my best. Uh, Apollo Creed fathered his son before his death in the ring at the hands of Ivan Drago. I'll admit that is a little derisive. Drago's name is never mentioned in this movie. I made a note of just how careful they are to avoid dance around it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no, no pun intended about dancing around. Sure. <laughs> I've covered boxing and dance for 26 <laughs> years. Apollo Creed was in dance shape, not boxing. I shape. think maybe that's one of the reasons why they avoid this. Getting too, into too much detail about the circumstances of Apollo's death, like where people would be like, "Wait, James Brown was there." <laughs> You know, this when movie doesn't want to. When you say that out loud, talk about really taking yourself out of the feeling right. of like what this movie is and grounded and like in the real world. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's so <laughs> smart. I mean, I, I how James Brown. I, I didn't mean to interrupt your your summary, but I mean it's true. I think Ryan Coogler is smart enough to go, okay, I, we have to onboard some new audiences. We can't have the audience going like James Brown was around when Apollo when Donnie's father died. You know, like and he it doesn't died, really matter. He died how? Right. Some giant russian guy look all you need to know is that he died in the ring yes. what are the details of this doesn't don't worry about it no please look don't look <laughs> over there all right so adonis johnson slash creed seeks out training and guidance from apollo's op- opponent slash best friend rocky balboa adonis gets the opportunity of a lifetime with a title fight following in the footsteps of both apollo and unc balboa yeah that's a very good summary. I, I actually, I'm pretty proud. I was trying not to be right. I, I was trying to get it done in three sentences, but also I think capture most. It doesn't capture everything because it re- it leaves out. I think an important connection to the first Rocky in his in Adonis's relationship. Yeah, uh, with Bianca. Yeah. So I couldn't I, get everything in three sentences. It is interesting. I think in some ways, I guess it's because in the first Rocky, basically the first 45 minutes, it is just. It's only really about the love story. And then the title fight kind of comes in later. 
Here it's a little more spread out, but it, I feel like in Creed it doesn't quite feel like it has as much focus, the love story. I mean, it it's, it's there and it's, it's important, but it's, it seems like it's not at the top of his mind as much as his Rockies and, it, and when he's trying to, to it, woo Adrian. It definitely isn't, but the one component that I do think that it adds is that I, I appreciated that, you know, I don't think that Adrian had all that much to work with. Uh, Talia Shire didn't have all that much to work with. Right. While the the love story is more of a focal point, I think they give a lot, there's a lot more to Bianca. Oh, yeah. And a lot of parallels to what she's working on and, you know, whether or not, right, is... Or, it, yeah, I mean, they kind of had to do that to make this contemporary. Like, could, they couldn't just have her just be some girl who has no real characteristic. I mean, she has to have a life of her own... Yes. You know, I think they did a good job with that and she's she's got her own thing going and Yeah. But and I so I didn't cover that but to your point, I also don't think it's necessarily the focal point really of the overall movie, but it's definitely still there. Yeah. And I think their relationship is important. Yeah, oh definitely. I mean, it's 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 well handled. I think I have a few little quibbles about it. Um I mean, we I don't know if, I'll, I'll just say now cuz I think one of my few gripes with this movie is i do think the biggest difference between creed and rocky the movies is that we don't see rocky meet adrian at the beginning of the movie they know each other already and he's already like he's coming into the shop and this is a thing you get a sense that this is a pattern he's been doing this a while like trying to get, <laughs> get successful right but he's trying to get her attention already whereas in creed we see them meet and I think it's a little cliche. It's a little bit of a movie meet cute. I'm just like your mo- your music's too loud. Turn it down. She's like okay, and then she turns it up like just to be. Like, I can see that. Yeah, and, and it's just like that's a fair criticism. This is just this is a thing that happens in movies. movies. Oh, this I- isn't the way people really meet, you know. But it is a movie, so <laughs> it's like well, I guess I can't fault it for being a movie. The only thing I will say is, that in fairness, now you're right. Ninety nine percent of people do not meet that way, but there are stories like that. Because actually, my brother met his wife similar, not not exactly, but like on, I, I, on the train in Chicago. So I, but, I guess it's not that it doesn't happen. It's that if you're going to do this type of movie, like romantic comedy style meet cute, you've got to find a way to make it not feel like a cliche. And I don't think they quite found it. No, I agree with you. On it that. feels a little cliche. That's all. But once they're they're dating, I think it's handled perfectly. Yeah. I mean, it really is. Um, but it, anyway, it feels real and grounded too. Um, yeah, and they do, they do a great job making you care about them, but then, like like I said, she has her own thing, and when there's friction it's between the two of them, it's because she's just like, you're messing up my stuff. You know, like, it's, it's, it's so interesting how different it is with Rocky and Adrian, where whatever difficulty they have getting together just because they're both kind of shy people and, like, oh, they're, they're awkward and they don't really know how to, you know. But once Rocky and Adrian are together... There's really not much conflict between the two of them. It's not much drama. It's just like, okay, done. Like, <laughs> romance yeah. over. I, I, I think that's what we said. It's been a long time now since we did that episode. I think that was one of the criticisms I had. Right. So I guess, you know, pick your poison. You know, the, the Rocky romance isn't perfect either because it's just like, it kind of feels like a foregone conclusion where it's here. It kind of feels like, oh, you know, like this. It might they, not work they, out. They yeah. have the kinds of difficulties that uh, a couple would have, and yeah. not just like, well, now we're together, and because this is a romance, but now we're just going to presume that this is going to go on. Like, you know, I, I think it's handled well. Um, but anyway, backing up a little bit, I, I, I do want to kind of go, not necessarily beat for beat, but, you know, that, that summary skips over. I think the, the opening sequence is really interesting the way they introduce Donnie. First of all, as a, as a kid in Juvie. Yep. It's interesting. I don't know if they necessarily needed to do this. 
but I'm glad they did. Because it does not feel like a Rocky movie at all. It feels like Fruitvale Station. It feels like a real drama. Like, there's no music. It's very, like, almost documentary style. Oh, yeah. It's like, no, whoa. What, this so is... what's funny is I think in my head what it felt like, but you're right. It feels, I, it's been a while since I've seen it, and not surprisingly, same director. You're right. It, it would feel more like a very serious drama. But what's funny is what come to my, came to my mind, and I think it's because of the connection of the actor, not the young actor actually in the scene, but it actually felt like The Wire, right? Yeah. And, and so that's actually what came to my mind the first time that, you know, I saw it. That's what I, that the feeling does not feel like a Rocky movie at all. It feels more like The Wire to me, and I think my connection is because of Michael B. Jordan. And I think it's so smart because, like, kind of like what we were talking about at the beginning of the episode where it's like, this movie is making connections to the real world. It's like, seeing this scene of just like, oh, while Rocky is off, because this is 1998, so I was doing the timeline. I was like, okay, he and Adrian are just opening the restaurant and probably just getting started. It's like, while that's happening, Juvie exists, and these all these kids are here in Juvenile Hall, and things are happening in the real world that are not related. You know, it, it's just this... It's not just... It's the first time in the entire series that we've gone away from Rocky in any meaningful right. way to say, other things are happening. The world is... All sorts of people are living out there, like, and, and having good <laughs> situations, bad situations. You know, like, these kids are all in a tough spot, and it's like, you know, it's so it's so smart to start here, you know, to not start with Rocky. It takes a while for Rocky to come in. Yeah. You know, we, we stay with Donnie the whole way until we he meets Rocky, and I think that's just a really smart way to do it. And then when he... You cut to, you know, 2015, which the movie is smart, and it says... It says 2015. One of the things I really like about the Rocky series is how dated each movie is. Like, it's not trying to be timeless. It's like, Rocky is set in 1976, and it it's feels like... Yeah, it feels like 1976. It's, try, it's not trying to be timeless. It's trying to be a time capsule, like, almost, almost deliberately. Sometimes in bad ways. Rocky V feels very 1990, and that's not great. But... <laughs> I like that it says 2015 because it's a, it's a pet peeve of mine where a movie will be like have a flashback and then it'll be like cut to present day. It's like well this movie came out in 2003. It's not present day anymore. Just say 2003. So I'm glad it dated itself. Anyway, sidetrack. But anyway, when they cut to 2015 and there's the whole thing of like he's fighting in Tijuana and then he's got this office job and he quits the office job and that didn't need to be in the movie either. But I think it's like so important to set up his motivations of like you know. In, in some ways, I like, I think one of the reasons why I like this movie, maybe the most of any of the Rocky movies, is his motivations are actually kind of purer than Rocky. I mean, Rocky needed to prove himself. He needed to prove his worth, that he can go the distance with, you know, he's not a bum. He's, he, you know, he has value and he can go the distance with Apollo Creed. That's important. But he's also fighting for money. He also needs the money. And in Rocky too, he needs the money more even. And, you know, and so his, his motivations aren't entirely pure, whereas Donnie, you know, he's, he's, Adopted by Apollo's wife, um, Mary, is that her name? Boy, I should know her name. Uh, oh. I think it's Mary. No, I don't think it is. It's going to kill me. Because I'm, think- I'm thinking of the scene now, you know, him and Adrian meets- is saying, yeah, why don't you, you know, call this, uh, the house Marianne. number? Marianne. Marianne. That's Marianne. I knew it was close. Yeah, you want, you want to call Marianne? Call Marianne. The, the house oh, number. I have so many notes about that scene. <laughs> We're going to save that scene conversation for little details because I literally, this is not an exaggeration, I have three pages of notes just about that scene. I love that scene so much. I, it's, I think it's a perfect scene, and I have, I have thoughts about every single moment. I, what's funny is I didn't write it in my notes, but I knew. I'm like, Keen's going to carry this episode, so I barely have to take <laughs> well, any notes, and that's a I'll perfect try, I'll, example. I'll try not to dominate. I, I mean, I want to hear fine. your thoughts, I'm too. I'm dominating. <laughs> um, what were we talking about? Anyway. 
Um, oh, yeah, him quitting his office job. Yeah. The fact that I think it's actually important. I think in, uh, you, you kinda, I think you said that it didn't need to be in there. I, I think it does. Oh, I think it does, too. I think you could, you could very easily see a studio stepping in and be like, this needs to be shorter. You can cut all this. Just, he wants to be a boxer. He goes to Philadelphia. Like, why do you need this? But I, I think it's important. I mean, I agree. Yeah, yeah. and for me, I think it's important to um, highlight what my criticism of where I think that the movie ultimately goes anyway. I think it's important to show that the time that he spent with his, you know, I, and I don't know if Marianne actually adopted him or if, you know, she would, you know, just kind of took him in. I think well, it's implied because yeah, he calls her his mom. Yeah, and, either way. So we'll just say his adoptive. Yeah, I think it's I think it's a reasonable assumption. The fact that it showed kind of the, the, the nurture, right, that she has a completely different outlook on, on the world in term or uh, access and philosophy of like, no, look, you're getting an education. Basically, oh, yeah. what Rocky tried, uh, what, well, first, what, uh, speaking of the wire, the, uh, what uh, uh, Avon Barksdale tries to, no, you're, you're not getting in that ring. You know, you, you, you're not supposed to be here. Right, yeah. Um, I, I think it's important to show that, no, look, he, he, he may have the genetics, this is saying, to be a boxer, but he can do other things. He's choosing not to. But he's got the ability to go and do other things. He's uh, he's choosing not to. I think it's important to show that no, he could have completely. He already was successful and could have had a completely different life. And Rocky says it too. He's like, right. you obviously, I can tell by the way you talk that you know right. you're an educated guy. You don't need you, you don't, don't need, need to, to do, do, this. do this. Yeah, yeah. I'm mean, everybody saying it. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe it's. I don't know if now is the right time to talk about. No, it. Well, let's keep going through the. But I, I, I think that showing that this is that Adonis had a completely different path. Right. I think it's important to show that he accomplished. So he start 1998. You start him that he's he's on a, a path that probably was not going to be a good one. Definitely. Yeah. But he wasn't born that way and given opportunities and he clearly was given opportunities with Marianne. He could do different things. Now, in the end, it circles back and he chooses to become a boxer. But I think it's important for me to see he was going to be successful in. It was clearly a finance job. We never figured out what Robert was doing. Oh no! Yeah, same, I like same here. Th- I like to think that this was the same company Robert was working for. <laughs> was, just a much better. You know, the West Coast was way better than the East yeah, Coast. Yeah, the L.A. branch. Yes. Oh, but he, he was. They were going to get him a secretary. That's what I'm saying. I, I I think that this was a way better better location well, to be working for. Definitely. Anyway, but I th- I think. If Donnie was a real person and he was like you know a family member, I would be saying the same thing everybody else is saying. But as a as a movie watcher, it's like you know we want to root for him to do the thing that he wants to do, even if it's maybe crazy. And it's like he's gonna pursue the thing that he wants to pursue. I think the nature nurture conversation, you know, we we'll we'll get into more detail later. But I do think I don't think you can look at it purely in that way in this case because he's like eight, nine, ten ish. Before he's ad- adopted, presumably by Marianne, so you know he had time with his his birth mother, and all that time I think that's, he that's knew true. he's known since as as long as he it's implied anyway he's always known that he was Apollo Creed's son that his mo- his birth mother probably yeah, told that, him that. that's all true You're, so, that's fair you know that that's the only thing I would say to that but anyway so yeah he goes off to to Philadelphia and finds Rocky and he had the, well, the first, incredible scene I, yeah, but before oh. that incredible scene I will say I. I think it's a great intro too of the transition. And again, actually, maybe it's just because I like is Wood Harris, right? I think. Yeah, Wood Harris. I, I like I like that they You're went right. and made that connection too to, to Duke. 
Yeah. That y- you've you've got that transition, but that also too is that you know Donnie thinks one thing, and I I do like that he he proves himself that I don't even remember what the ranking of the first guy was. It's like yeah, <laughs> I've right. got all this stuff later. I've got all these details. Okay. <laughs> but the second go around is like, and it was and I I've got it. I'm already stealing from my limited notes. I love from the background. Oh, I see you got your headgear on now. Right. <laughs> in the, I yeah. do love that moment. It's like, oh, yeah, I bit off way more than I can chew because oh, what was he thinking? Yeah. If you know this is the ring where, like, a super contender, don't make that challenge because you never know when he might walk in. Yeah, definitely. Whatever. I mean, he was, he was there the scene. whole time. I, I mean, it seemed like Donnie didn't notice him, but, like, he was oh, just standing there. Like, well, oh, was I'm he next. off to the side? Because I didn't, I didn't notice that. I thought he walked in I mean maybe it's later. not clear yeah I, I don't know but yeah. so <laughs> I, mean, I, I didn't want to skip over that scene even in the plot summary because I think that's a great transition because it shows oh that's true first yeah. for me is like no Donnie is legit and there is something to right that he might be a Apollo son gets you so far right but at the same time he hasn't had a training and when he gets in there with somebody who can like yeah. legitimate is a legitimate contender he gets his ass whooped I, fast. <laughs> he definitely does yeah Wheeler and yeah we'll talk more about Wheeler in Creed 2, because I, well, spoilers, he's also in Creed 2, oh, but I'm, I'm, not, I I'm, I'm not going to reveal how he's used, and I, I am, well, I'll save it. Okay. I don't want to spoil anything. But I, my, I my dissatisfaction in my voice maybe is coming through. But anyway, uh, but yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I like the implication. Well, first of all, I think that was originally written to be uh, uh, Tony Burton, and then he just was not in good enough health. He passed away like right around when Creed came out. Okay, but I think they wanted ter- Tony Burton to be there in as as yeah. Duke, and then yeah. it's like, well, let's just make him little Duke. And so it's you know it's nice to get Wood Harris in the movie. Yeah. And I think when the fir- the first time I watched the movie, I don't think I picked up that it, it was Duke's son. I can see that because, I mean, it makes a reference to it and it shows, you know, Duke. I, I don't remember where. It, there's a sequence. I think it's in the HBO. It's, yeah, yeah, I think it is because they, they have, they, they yes, they definitely refer. And I think they have something from Apollo's training yeah. in, in that HBO, yeah, kind of promo. I think, I think the first, when I saw it in theaters, I think that's when I went like, oh, okay, that's gotcha. Duke's son. Okay. I don't, but in this scene, the early scene, I don't think I really picked up. But I do like the implication that. Somebody, probably Marianne, made Little Duke promise, like, oh. do not train Donnie, <laughs> yes. do not let him box. Yeah. You know, I don't think it ever is explicitly said that he, they were made, he was, he was, you know, he had to give his word to never do, but, oh, but I'm, well, he's just 100%. like, you're not, you're not fighting here, like, right. the reasons aren't clear, but you can assume that. Yeah. Um, also, yeah, we skipped over um, a really great scene where he turns on the projector and he's like shadow boxing yeah. Apollo. Uh, the YouTube video, yep. Uh, yeah. Balboa, I don't, I don't remember which Balboa. It was two. It was the second one. Which is another one of those weird, like, real world things that the first time I watched this, I'm like, YouTube exists in the Rocky world. It's so weird. <laughs> and they've got old Rocky boxing it, matches it, up on YouTube. It, it makes total sense. Like, of yeah. course, that would be on YouTube. Um, yeah, but I'm just. I, now it feels less jarring. But, but I can understand being the fan that you are of, like, wait a minute. this. But there's so much of the real world seeping into the world of Rocky in this movie that by, in the end, it's like, okay, this was good. I'm glad that it, it kind of it loosens up the series a little bit. It's not so, like, enclosed in its own little world. That's good. But in the moment when I was watching, I was like, whoa, YouTube? That doesn't belong in a Rocky movie. <laughs> Sorry, I, I derailed us, but... Uh, no, 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 it's fine. Uh, yeah, the, the headgear thing, see, it's one of my... Yeah, I see you got your headgear on now. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so he, he still decides, oh, all right, I, I, I want to commit to this. I'm going out, and I want to try and find Rocky in, in Philly. 
Yeah, so he just picks up and moves to Philly and finds Rocky, and Rocky doesn't want to train him at first. No, uh, and I, I, I also like I they, they the fact that it's broken up and he's got basically like three fights. I I like that too, and that yeah the 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 second one is a good setup. I I like the time and the the little bit of gamesmanship too of where Rocky doesn't want to do it, and then. Uh, you know, I can't remember Leo's dad's name. It's going to kill me. Pete. Pete. You know, he he he's suspicious, but doesn't doesn't connect the dots because who really could? Right. But that ent- that entire sequence, I think, is great too. Oh yeah, it really is. And and Rocky's reluctance to train him makes total sense. Um, you don't necessarily have to have seen Rocky Five to understand, but it, it helps to. I mean, it's one of those things. It's like, oh, even Rocky Five is kind of being elevated a little bit because now it's informing Rocky's behavior in this movie. Uh, I did this once; it didn't go so right. Well. It didn't go good. Yeah, so I got in a fight by a buck. <laughs> it's true. Well, but I won that. Yeah, fight. I was gonna say he won the fight, so that, that part went okay. <laughs> um, he defeated the heavyweight champion of the world in the street and punched him into a bus. Uh, but anyway, what was I talking? Some of oh. the crazy things that exist in this universe. <laughs> it's true. No, but you know what? I mean, I, I'll, James Brown was there. <laughs> Sorry. Go ahead. Um, no, but I, I think related to what I was saying earlier about how I think this movie almost elevates the prior Rocky movies in a weird way. Like, I love I, – I have a lot to say about this when we talk about that scene where Donnie and Rocky meet because this is mostly where I was noting it of, like, Ryan Coogler clearly loves all of the Rocky movies. This isn't just like, oh, it's it's kind of a loose remake of Rocky 1, which it kind of is. Yeah. But constant references to – the prior movies and just like little details that tie in in just the most subtle ways. And I love the way it plays out of like Rocky's reluctant and you can understand why. And he doesn't go back to Mickey's anymore, which clearly he's sold the gym, you know, we used to be in the family and now it's not anymore. You know, this Pete guy who, who bought it from him presumably or whatever. And it's like, they're friendly, but it's like, you know, you can tell there's a little bit of like prickly history between them. And you know, it's not necessarily spelled out, but then, Rocky changes his mind and decides to train Donnie when he's sitting at the graveside of Adrian and now Pauly, who has passed away in between movies. Um, which is, those scenes were so important and so impactful in Rocky Balboa. And for this movie to, to have Pulled that happen, back, yeah. you know, he's just going to, he, he's still got that chair and a tree and it's all these little references, these little details from previous movies. And I just, I love that that's the, you know, when he changes his mind, he's just sitting by the, grave and he's talking to adrian like paulie's birthday yeah it's paulie's birthday yeah he brings him some some booze yeah i don't know what he brings some kind of scotch or whiskey yeah some kind of whiskey but um he just he's uh, this moment blew me away in the movie theater where he's just sitting there and it's playing the piano the rocky theme on the piano like that like do, 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 and then it transitions to do, 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 and it's like he's thinking about donnie because the music is telling us he's thinking about donnie and then he goes and he finds donnie and he's or whatever perfect and you know, you don't necessarily have to have seen Rocky Balboa for that moment to work, but it helps. Yep. You know, it makes it richer because of all the scenes with the graveside and Rocky Balboa. Anyway, I, I this whole sequence from when Donnie arrives in Philadelphia and he meets uh, um, Tessa Thompson's character. Um, Bianca. Shoot. Yeah, Bianca. Thank you. That's and what I'm here the, for the, is remembering characters. Well, names. I should remember her name. I'm just, it's it's already late. We started recording late and I'm already bad at names, but yeah, Bianca. But um, yeah, through that Sparino fight, Every scene is great. That sets, I mean, other than maybe the meat cube being a little corny and cliche. Um, and yeah, that fight is amazing. It All is. one shot. Yep. 
and feels that I mean that that definitely one of my criticisms certainly of the early ones is that it just does not feel realistic as much as I love Apollo Creed right in in those early movies those fights don't feel real this yeah. absolutely does it's and, not yeah it's not just that it feels real sorry were you, were you, no no go okay. ahead I mean I, well because I mean I think the Rocky Balboa fight feels pretty realistic all things considered but this movie makes you feel like you're in the ring yep it's like this is what it feels like to box like to actually it it, it I think it, in part it's because it's all one it's all one shot. The whole thing is one long take, and I think they stitched together using special a effects fuse, a couple yeah. different takes. I mean, I don't think they actually filmed it all in one shot, but still, effectively, it's what it feels like. It feels a lot more claustrophobic, but also just like you're actually... It, it, it feels more as if you were paying, playing a really high-definition ver- version of Mike Tight, you know, a, <laughs> yeah. a Vander Holyfield real-deal boxing. I, I, you feel like you're in the boxing ring, like... In a fight, yeah, it's amazing. I mean, in, in it almost kind of unfortunately upstages the final fight in the movie because I mean it's shorter and it's not quite as dramatic, but it's the I think it's the fight you remember is this middle fight with the the, the Sparino fight. I I agree. I, what's funny is I I think that Conlin it is the better show not, not even necessarily showman, but in terms of of the. And I, he, I don't think he's an actor. I don't know if Sperino is an actor. These or not. are all real boxers. Okay, so but Conlin, he definitely I, the fight. I don't think is this memorable, but in terms of the personality, and it's intentional. I, yeah. I know because he's you know he's the the main the main villain. I actually think he's great. He he's up there among my favorites in terms of the opponents. I agree. He, he's like right there, and so I agree with you. The the match, I, the the boxing match. I don't remember. As much, it's very, very good. Mm-hmm. I think Sperino, you remember more, but I remember more. Conlon, Rick, pretty Ricky Conlon, he's right up there among my favorites of all of the ones that we've covered. I agree. And all of all three of the opponents, um, you know, Conlon, Sperino, and um, we do said... Well, said Wheeler. I, Wheeler. He, he was a sparring opponent, but yes. Right. But, I mean, he's a, it's, it was. it's a very quick fight, but it's, it's an opponent. Yeah. It, it he really gets beat down but pretty I, quick. I think this probably says a lot about Ryan Coogler's ability to work with actors. Where these three non-actors are all real boxers giving all good performances. Sperino, Leo Sprino doesn't have much acting. He's more, yeah. you know, he doesn't really talk much. He was probably the weakest of the three. Probably. Yeah, just, but I, I remember us talking... In Rocky Five, how I, I remember saying how you know they cast Tommy Morrison and how maybe you should have actors and not athletes in these parts, but yeah, the, the actor, what's the guy's name? Uh, uh, Tony Ballou. He, he's the, he plays yeah, Ricky Conlon. He's he's good. He's really oh, good. Yeah. No, he he's really good. Especially the scene we're jumping ahead a little bit, but when his manager. Um, Something holiday, Tony Holiday. Ta- ta- no, I, Tommy Holiday. I'm not going to forget it. Tommy Holiday. Let, let me. I'm going to go there right now too. Tommy Holiday. He's maybe my favorite manager, and he's great. And f- for the love of God, finally, I actually like got the feeling this was great to get a man. Oh, you need a manager. <laughs> yeah. uh, it did make me think of Mickey, but like I think Tommy, he's legitimately looking out for the best interests of. It's like the first time in the at least the last three movies. That a manager was actually looking out for the best interests yeah, definitely. of their client. I think Tommy Holiday is lit. Now, he's also talking down like, you are a moron, sure, and I'm cleaning yes. up your mess. <laughs> it's tough love, though. It yeah. is, but I, I, like, I really like that guy. I wanted more from that guy, actually, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. The, his, him ringside, I really liked the stuff that he had you know, during the, the match. Yeah. But all of the stuff leading up trying, like, you are a moron. I am going to try and salvage this for your kids. I really like Tommy Holiday. And that's the scene I was, I was going to say. 
both of their, them are giving really good performances, yes. including uh, you know Tony Con- Ballou, who yep. he's he's not an actor and he looks genuinely chastened and just like he's he's, he's emoting and he's just like, he is, he's like I really did mess up. You're right. I am an idiot. I shouldn't <laughs> right. have had a gun. In the UK, I should not have had a gun. I am a moron. Yeah. If this was the if it was the United States, no problem. But it's not. I live in London. Yeah. <laughs> and speaking of Tommy Holiday, we'll get back to the summary in a bit. But um, you know. That's the one character that feels like it was named by Sylvester Stallone. I, I, <laughs> I, 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 I was one. I was wondering if if Stallone was just like, "All right, you can write the movie, but let me name one character." I got this thing about character right. names. I gotta get one in. We can't. It's not a Rocky movie, and this is one character with a silly name. Tommy Holiday. Here's the thing, though. That guy, he carries. I mean, honestly, oh, he he, he sells crazy. he sells me. He is a Tommy Holiday. One hundred. Even if it was a stage name for that guy coming up as a boxing man, you yeah. need a manager, kid. Grant, Grant McTavish is great. He's. And we talked about it in the Rambo Four, Rambo comma the fourth one in that episode, where um, he's he's great in that movie too. And he I is. remember us saying that that guy should be in a hundred B movie action movies, like just a tough old dude. He's he's great in this movie. He is a. I, and again, this he. I think he has probably less in this than he did in Rambo. Yeah, probably Rambo the fourth one. Um, but in both movies, whatever screen time he gets, he apps and, and, you know, maybe it's one of those things. If he got more, maybe we, you know, start to say, well, maybe, maybe it's just limited doses, but I will say this in both movies, the time Graham McTavish, he has on screen, he makes the most of it. He's got without a, a doubt. Ton of charisma. Yeah. Graham he McTavish. really does. Yeah. And just the, the scene with, with Connor is just pointing his finger. You're taking this fight. Just, that's. <laughs> Yeah, he's, it's he's just trying. a name. Basically, you moron, you are taking this fight. <laughs> yeah. Shut up! I am trying to do what's right for you. Well, he's he's doing what Apollo did in the first movie of just like all that matters is the name on the poster. Like you know, Italian Stallion <laughs> sounds like a damn monster movie. That's that. It's the same scene basically. Yes. It's just that now and Creed you, is yeah. the name that is going to be the draw. And as you said, it's a loose remake, and even down to that level of detail, it's perfect from the first one. So, yeah, absolutely. I don't know if you want to cover anything else in, in terms of plot, but I mean, you know, of course, you know they they have the fight, and it's very very much like the first Rocky, yeah. which isn't surprising. And to be honest, it's the right ending. In my view, it's the right ending for the movie. That's the other thing I have a little nitpick on is the ending, although I've I understand it a little more now. Um, we did skip over. I mean, it's a Rocky movie. It's just you know, it's a Creed movie, but there there are montages, there are training montages. But I, I like well, them all, well, by the way. I, I think they're some of the best training montages, mostly because of the music. Ludwig, Ludwig Göransson does the music. He's taken over from uh, from uh, God. You know the music better than me, so I'm not going to be able to help you on this one. Um, Bill That's Conti. All. Bill Conti. Yes. God. I recognize it when you said it, but I would never have pulled that on my own. All these names are in my brain. I just need to dig through things to find them. Everything's covered up with other... Sh- uh, scene missing. Exactly. Anyway, so yeah, the, the montages are great. We could probably talk in more detail later. Um, but yeah, the ending... The difference between the Rocky One ending and this ending, I think, is... All Rocky wanted to do is go the distance, and he accomplished that. And so him losing the fight doesn't feel like a disappointment. Like a loss. It I doesn't gotcha. feel like a letdown. And here they set it up a similar thing where, you know, Conlon's like, I've never even been knocked down. And But first of all, Donnie never states that as a goal. He's never like, I'm going to be the guy who knocks this guy down. If he had said that, I think it would have hit harder. But then also, I think partially because he never said set that as his goal – when he knocks Conlon down in the last round, and it's like, he might win this fight. Oh, he didn't win the fight. 
<laughs> it's like, well, yes. I, it, you know, when you step back and you look at it, it's like, yes, it's a big accomplishment. He knocked the guy down. No one's ever knocked him down. And he won over the crowd in a much more realistic way than Rocky Four, where... <laughs> I, they handled that much better. Where the whole during the fight, it's it's in Liverpool, so obviously it's it's Conlon's hometown. They're rooting for Conlon until the last. But then once the fight's over, this is that's how sport sports actually works. Where the, the we're going to show you respect, yeah. Donnie. We, we're you you were very You're a warrior, right? Exactly, yeah. and that's that's how these things happen. Not only like Rocky Four, we're in the middle of the fight, they changed sides. So that was handled very well, and I think that's the saving grace of like I can I can accept the way this ends, even though I do think it's maybe. I don't know how we solve that problem. It's like a math equation with no solution. Like this is probably the best they could have done. And so, and for me, I, I do understand your point that because there is the difference between them, it does. I can understand where it feels like a letdown. But for me, not as much of a Rocky fan as you, and certainly someone who wants realism more in things. What I like is that they did make the choice, even if it's a letdown for you as as a fan of what kind of the goal was. There's just almost no way that he, he was going to win that fight. Oh, no. I think conceptually him losing the fight is the right decision. Right. Especially because they're trying to tie it back to the first, you know, in the first movie. This is a loose remake of Rocky. Of course he's going to lose the fight. That's, that's what they should do. And so for me, I'm glad that they still stayed committed to that. Yeah. Because in the real world, and especially this felt way more grounded than anything else before, in the real world, I, you know, they probably even pushed the limits of like how long he probably would have really lasted. But I'm a, I'm okay with it because I wanted him to. There's no if if they would have went the they went the the meet cute, you know, Hollywood for the relationship. If they would have done the you know the the definitely the hero has to win. No way, because there's no way he wins this fight in the real world. I totally agree. This is much preferable to that. Yeah. So I can forgive it. I mean, really, it's but all, it's a letdown. I can understand where it's a bummer that you know you have to see him lose because you don't want him to lose. And that's the thing is all of my nitpicks. It's like this was this is the best option of some bad options. Yeah. It's like you know what? How do you especially now in 2015 doing a sports movie? It's like every ending of every sports movie has been done. Either you win and it's a cliche that way, or you know Rocky already did the thing where you know he he lost, but he accomplished. He still won. He, he still won. He got his self respect. You know, and and I, I it's not that I dislike the way they handle it, but I mean it, when he's going into the last round and he's he's like I gotta prove it, Just prove what? Yeah, I'm not a mistake, and that's like okay. This is what it's always been about, and it's very similar to what Rocky. You know, both him and Rocky are fighting to prove that they're worth something. That they're you know. He has this, like, you know, these, like, abandonment issues because he was orphaned at a young age, and, you know, Rocky had similar feelings of, like, low self-worth or whatever, and they're fighting to prove that they were something. And that's, it. it's, I like that it connects it on that level. But at the end of the day, it's like, you've kind of already done that, Donnie. It's like, you've come this far. That's already impressive. So I don't know. It's, like I said, it's a math problem without a solution. There's no better way to do it. So I can't complain about it. But you will. No, I'm not complaining about it. I'm just saying, like, it just, it is a letdown. It just is, yeah. you know? Even Donnie kind of reacts like, oh, I almost won. And then he's got a slumps, like, man. And I think Rocky even says, like, oh, you were robbed. Ten more seconds, you would have won this fight. It's like, yeah. As an audience member, I'm just like, hmm, that's a little not satisfying. I mean, it, but, I, I, I'm but sometimes you. life is unsatisfying. And because yeah. this movie feels more real, it's like, you know what? I, I can accept that's that. That's fair. Yeah. All right. And then, the fi- and then the final scene. We can't skip the final scene of them walking up the steps, which I think is perfect. I, to the degree that when I found out Stallone was coming back for Creed 2, I was kind of disappointed. Because like, you wanted that to be his last scene. That's the perfect send-off for Rocky. 
you know, not that I like wanted the character to like die off screen or whatever. It's like you know, obviously. Oh, and we just, we didn't talk about any of the cancer stuff, which you know, maybe oh, maybe, maybe, maybe uh, psychologically, I was I was avoiding it because that's the one thing you know I, I was I was hinting at earlier in the episode. But you know, I, it was less tough to watch than I was expecting. But you know, um, one of the reasons why this episode was delayed is because uh, you know my mom's going through a cancer for right now, like literally now. Yep. So. It, it, it's it's one of these things where even even more so than before, this viewing ha- had a very deep emotional connection to to that, and you know the whole, that whole like if I fight you fight and all that stuff, you know it always worked for me, and I always thought it was um, really moving. But now just watching Rocky you know, struggle to get up those steps, and given the history of the steps and what it means to him and to us as Rocky fans, and yeah, you know it's just it's an amazing way to send off this movie. Yeah, and so I I didn't want to bring it up. I, I mean, we I, have to. It's a yeah, big, no, big part of the I, movie. I, well, yeah, but I was also going to let you bring it up rather than, than <laughs> No, I, I literally think my brain was like erasing yeah, it because it's, it. it's, it's tough to talk about. So we can cover it, but actually I, one of, probably my favorite of the training sequences is actually that one is, is for the final fight in the hospital because what I love about it is that it it's in a different venue like many times you got Rocky chopping wood yeah. <laughs> in the fourth one. But that it's in a different venue, but you've got both sides that Rocky has his kind of his own training sequence, if you will. It's not exactly. Yeah. No, I, I think that's it's not an unreasonable way to describe right. it. Right. And I, I like the adaptation. In particular, there's another one I'll call out and steal from my notes. I, I got to say, with Paulie gone, they gave Stallone all the best comedic moments. He really <laughs> yeah. does deliver, which we've said. He's not great at comedy, for the most part. But in that sequence, I didn't want to say nothing. I mean, uh, do those one-handed. <laughs> that is one of my – in that sequence, it's great. Because, of course, you know, Adonis immediately switches to one hand. Yeah. But it's, I didn't want to say nothing, but I used to do those one-handed, kid. <laughs> I, there, there's something about Rocky in this movie. I have a list of all of the mo- Rocky comedy moments that I think are, are really great. I don't know if it's because Stallone – is not writing the character. This is the only time he's not writing the character, or maybe he's a little hesitant to make him. I mean, the, the funniest thing to me is first first morning of training in Rocky. In order to get up, Donnie, he's just he's doing a little dance to the, the disco. That's so much sillier than Stallone would ever willingly write him. Like, that, I think Stallone is you know he. We've talked about it a lot. That he has a little bit of an ego, and or an ego maybe, maybe is the wrong word, but he's sensitive to the way he. You know, is perceived, and I don't think I don't know if he would have written Rocky to be that silly. I can I can see that. I don't know it for a hundred percent, but I can definitely see that. But it never feels out of character. Like he's, it feels like he's in a different place than he was in Rocky Balboa. It's nine years later. I think so. He's he's a little it, more. It almost felt to me too like with actually Polly gone. It's almost like I. I have to like I gotta be a little bit of Polly. Like honestly, that <laughs> yeah. like Polly's not here for to to be the. <laughs> the yeah. comedy and like he all honestly in a way like he kind of learned something from paulie and paulie's gone so it's kind of like his tribute in a in a small way yeah he doesn't take himself quite but, as seriously but what was great and i'm stealing too much from my nose paulie still got a great zinger because in 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 that when donnie's in his room looking at picking up swing hey, way to go paul <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> to his swing of course it's what paulie is. of course well of course rock, of from cor- the grave he's making me laugh that's the funny thing is like that was that has never been established as being part of Paulie's personality, but of course it is. Like it's not even remotely a question that he had like Swank magazine hidden in his Wait room. Wait a minute, it's not. You're saying it's we had 
questions in Rocky Four. If will you question me whether or not Paulie was having sex with the robot? Well, fair enough. Well, I, I, I suppose in Rocky One he does. It's implied he brings a prostitute to the fight. So I suppose, <laughs> yeah, I guess it's more overt than I, I'm getting at. Um, yeah, okay. But, the but, way to go, Paulie from Michael right. B. Jordan was awesome too. But I also love the fact that Rocky hasn't touched Paulie's room. <laughs> He's respecting, you know, he's passed away, I'm just going to yeah. leave it. You know, it's like you know, someone in the family dies, you, you leave their room, room alone, even when it's Polly, and even when <laughs> the things that you're leaving are Swank magazine. Well, it's also, it, it's also noteworthy on a more serious note that that's the room where the picture of Robert is. Yeah. And the only time Robert ever comes up, which they had to address it, um, it's in Polly's room. It is. Yeah. That, that's how, and that, that's a big change from Rocky Balboa, where you're kind of going like, well, maybe they're going to patch things up and things are gonna get better and clearly not it's like they are not really talk i mean it's it's when it comes up and it's like oh yeah that's my son robert and he's I, he's in vancouver now and i think the way he puts it is i think he's doing real good up there yeah no Which i was like well I you think, think you know well it, i you're right that it, i think it's a a good short shorthand way of that it is it's almost like he doesn't want robert's picture anywhere else in the house right because he yeah. probably doesn't go into Paulie's room with Swank that much. Oh no! If he would have, you know, Swank is still there, so I think like, he's just he just hasn't touched it. But it also is. It, I'm glad that this movie we've talked about it. It's acknowledging, which I think even some of the Stallone movies that Rocky's not a good dad. Yeah, he's, he's not. And I think the scene that uh, we didn't really touch on much, but I will have I will go on endlessly. The scene where Donnie meets Rocky. I've got so many notes about it. You have no idea. But I think that scene also acknowledges some of these things, like the selfishness of Rocky that we sometimes talk about. That. I think Stallone, especially in Rocky 3 and 4, I think Stallone was a little blind to how selfish he was writing Rocky, and so now the series has to kind of acknowledge it and atone for it in certain ways. Yeah. Yeah. And I think this movie does that a little bit too, without being too judgy uh, towards Rocky, but um, we'll get to it. All right, let's move on. It's been a long time, but let's move on to technology. (laughs) Good thing it's going to be a short segment for me. Yeah, definitely. It's already up in the cloud. What cloud? What cloud? It has been a long road to get to the movie that had that poll. Yep. And I was going to say, this segment, my, my contribution to this segment is basically that clip is, is what is this movie's, uh, you know, it, it's <laughs> the cloud exists and Rocky's confused by it. And that's, that's the technology segment. So this is generally the segment, uh, maybe not today, but the segment of the show where we discuss how changes in technology impact the plot or other uh, important scenes in the movie. Uh, it also is where we finally have gotten to where we pulled the sound clip for the intro to it. Yeah. I only really have one. And it's not necessarily a change, but my, it's more of almost even a question. I want to know, where is that ESPN technology to protect project the winner? I wanted the winner projected between Creed Conlon built into <laughs> well, this movie from ESPN. That fight's actually happening, I, so they don't have to do that. I know. Uh, I really didn't have anything because, <laughs> honestly, I mean, it's a fairly contemporary movie. Yeah. There's not really anything in the technology for Well, I think, I think it's interesting, you know, speaking of like things like YouTube, where... Uh, you know, the Rocky movies, you know how much I love pausing on newspaper articles and reading the text and the headlines and stuff like that. And there's a lot of that in the Rocky movies. And I think it's interesting how now in it's 2015, newspapers are not what they once were. And so all this information is being put forward in ESPN yep. segments, pardon the interruption, um, yep. which I want to talk about. And, and like 
There's the part where Bianca finds like it's it looks like a, almost like a TMZ website where she sees yeah. the, the new story about you know the fact that the world learns that Donnie is uh, Apollo Creed's uh, it's the, illegitimate it's, son. It's some tabloid of some sort, but it's yeah. internet based. It is not right. You know, it's not. It's but not it's the clearly, inquirer sitting, you know, at the the checkout line. Yeah, she finds it on her phone, and yeah. I have the text of that article on the phone. But I'm just saying, like, that's that's really <laughs> the only difference is, do. you know, in this movie, rather than reading newspaper text, I'm reading text off of yeah. people's phones. So, yeah. but anyway, yeah, and Rocky is confused by the cloud. Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I want to talk about that moment now, may as well, because <laughs> we played the clip. I think uh, this is another one of my tiny, tiny pet peeves. I don't really dislike it, but I think a little more restraint would have been good because I, I remember distinctly being in the movie theater and Donnie takes a picture of Rocky writes up some training things and t- t- Donnie takes a picture of it. He's like, don't you want to take this piece of paper? He's like, no, I, I got it here in my phone. He's like, what if you lose that? No, it's already up in the cloud. And then cut to Rocky and he just looks up and the audience laughed hysterically, including me. You don't need Rocky to say what cloud. I mean, it's still funny, and it's good that he said it because now we have the clip that we can play. But I'm telling you, just him looking up, everybody laughed immediately. You don't need. I don't remember that. I think I might have seen this in theaters with you. I don't remember. I don't think so. I mean, it was only Rocky Balboa. Yeah, but I can completely see people. That's all you need is for him to look up. It's actually, I think, I think a little more restraint. It would have been even funnier if he just That's looks up. That's a joke, <laughs> right? I don't think you need him to say what cloud, what cloud. You know, especially twice. But it's still funny. Like it's, it's the, him looking up. It, to me is the funny part. And then him saying what cloud is like okay. It's still funny. It doesn't. It doesn't diminish the joke. But it's, it's like I, I think a little more restraint would. I also hear been you. Good. But at the same time, I'm glad it exists because yeah. we've got our technology pull. Yeah, but I'm, I'm telling you, when he just looked up. <laughs> Everybody, it was one of the biggest laughs in the movie. I, I remember it very distinctly. So anyway, let's move on All to right. the little details. That cardboard headstone tipped over. The, this graveyard is obviously phony. All right. It still makes me laugh. I, no matter how many times it plays, it makes me laugh. The little details, the segment of the show where we discuss minutiae of the movie that we found interesting or noteworthy. Yep. I'm going to let you start. Why don't you just get right into what you've been dying? You've been dying to get to the fireworks factory. Let's get to the fireworks well, factory. Well, should we, should we just talk about the scene? The, yes, they meet that's each other? what I'm saying. I mean, I'm, sh- I'm sure I mean, I have my there's notes. so many little details in this. This definitely qualifies. If there's a question or two in there, that's fair. Let's just get to it. I, I have a ton of notes about other scenes prior to that, but yeah, let's just get to it. Um See, if I just go through these, I'm just going to talk for the next 25 minutes. That's so, all right. I'll, I'll, I'll. Well, one, first things first, because I re- remember when we did Rocky Balboa, and I, we didn't end up doing it, but I said we should figure out whether his uh, restaurant is solvent or not and do it, start <laughs> yeah. to, like, go through the math of it. And I, I, I remember saying it's a tiny little restaurant. It's only got, like, it doesn't have a lot of seating. It doesn't, yeah. yeah. But, no, but in this movie, we see a whole other room. Maybe he expanded. No, I think it's there in Rocky Balboa, but you just never see that angle because this okay. is—they're filming in a real restaurant. Um, you know, they obviously just changed the signage and stuff and put up a bunch of yeah. pictures on the walls. But um, right when you come in, right by, by the bar where Paulie noticed the ugly dog, <laughs> there's a little, there's a doorway there. It's like step up to a doorway, and then there's like a whole dining room. It's like, oh, this is the actual—that's the actual dining area. And okay. the part we see in Rocky Balboa is basically just like the bar and like seats near the bar. There's a whole other restaurant way in the other room. Gotcha. And we finally, but I, I didn't quite only literally only this time. I've probably seen Creed ten times already in the last five six years. It's only this time watching where I'm like, oh, that door goes to the other room. It's it's where they're sitting when uh, Tommy Holiday pitches them on the fights. Gotcha. That's the other room. 
And only now I kind of figured out the geography. I was like, oh, there's the door there, and there's a whole other. So, okay. So, so Adrian's has seating for days that I didn't realize. So, <laughs> just that's the first detail I noticed. Okay. But anyway, I love the way Rocky is introduced in a very nonchalant way. He just trudges his way up from the kitchen. It's not like a big, it's Rocky. It's just like. He's working. He's just he's just trying to he's go down. The, he's got a restaurant to run. <laughs> he's trying to go home. He's just, <laughs> that actually is true. Yes, he just he doesn't know who this kid is. Um, I love how many little details this references. Like this whole scene is basically referencing every single Rocky movie in some way. It's called Adrian's. So you know, reference to the first movie. The fact that the restaurant is still, he's still running this restaurant. I'm glad they made that decision. Of like that's some important continuity to Rocky Balboa. Balboa yeah. Um, the, the, Donnie notices the picture on the wall of like this is from the second fight, tenth round of the second fight or whatever. And Rocky's very like pleased and impressed that he knows that. And then Donnie starts talking about how like oh, when Mickey died, you know Apollo brought you back and he trained you. It's like that's the story of Rocky three. It's like, and then you know they talk about Apollo's death and Donnie's like, yeah, I heard you made a nice speech though. It's like hey, I remember that happening in Rocky four. And then Rocky's reluctance to train Donnie is in kind of a more oblique reference to Rocky five. five yeah, every single Rocky yeah, movie. That is you know and it creates such a you know sense of continuity and it doesn't like, feel shoehorned either I yes. mean, it, it makes good choices of how it's going to either be subtle sometimes and uh, you know obvious in, in others yeah. with a picture literally of rocky too right so yeah i just ryan coogler clearly loves the rocky movies and just you know the, the le- and this movie feels so contemporary and yet there are so many like it's honoring the series in such a meaningful way it's just that's that's the thing that's interesting about like when rocky fans say like oh, i don't like creed i can't relate to him just like this movie creed clearly loves the series it's like ryan coogler is so excited to be making a rocky movie you can feel it in like every moment in this scene more than anything it's just like every moment is a reference I, to prior i certainly things. didn't notice all those and make my going through but i i agree with you and appreciate like the conversation and pointing them out well, especially the, the the Donnie says like you know I heard about a third fight between you and Apollo for for years. It's been a bone of contention. It's been one of these things that Rocky fans like to talk about: who won that third fight? And ra- they're talking about it here, and they reveal the winner, and that's really cool. And I think it's smart to say that Apollo won the third fight. I think it's smart the way Rocky describes Apollo because Donnie's like, "How'd you beat him? I didn't beat him. Time beat him. Time's undefeated." Great line, and. We talked about it in Rocky Balboa how Rocky, as time goes on, it's presenting a world where he's kind of being diminished. And this movie, show, I mean, Apollo Creed is Muhammad Ali. He's the greatest. And Rocky is just, he's one of these guys who was champ for a while. But even he doesn't consider himself in Apollo's league. And I love that. And I love the fact that this movie has the confidence to do that. To not try to, like, pander to Rocky fans. Like, Rocky's great, huh? It's like, no, he's he was not particularly a great boxer right, right. he made himself a great boxer over time with apollo's help but it's only because apollo was great yeah he was able and to he, help him you know he had an opportunity he caught lightning in a bottle right but took advantage of it and yes with apollo's help i and what's funny is i i've got a like a, a list of lines some of them comedic not but one of the first ones that i had from highlighting how rocky in some ways took paulie's place both in, in lines both you know comedic and non-comedic just that was the first one. That was the first one to me too that I call out is that it's a great line and it resonates a lot. I didn't beat him. Time yeah. and time is undefeated. Time's it's undefeated. true. Time is undefeated. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt. Everybody loses. You yeah. just you can't outrun it. Rocky definitely has a level of wisdom in this movie that is is 
even beyond you know like rocky fans love the line in rocky balboa and rightfully so where he talks about how like it's not about how hard you hit it's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward and there's a lot of wisdom in that but i don't know it's something i don't love it to the degree that i think a lot of other rocky fans love it whereas stuff in this movie yeah time i mean maybe it's a little more pessimistic time's undefeated you know that's probably why i you know it resonates with me is yeah, that generally we're but it's a little less hopeful or whatever it's less you know but it, it's it's you know it is true and then but then later when he's like you know he's training he first is starting to train donnie and he's I mean, i'm getting off topic but he's like you know look at this guy in the mirror that's your toughest opponent i believe that in the ring i do believe that in life it's like that's i think that's more i hold on to that kind of a, a statement more than like it's not it's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward oh, I, yeah i i agree that that's I think it's more useful, but also yeah. more realistic too. And it is weird in a way to be talking about Rocky being the one with wisdom. But at the same time, I think that it's fair that he's lived long enough now that even if where he started, he he certainly didn't seem like the trajectory that he would have <laughs> no. in wisdom. I think that's kind of also in the Rocky spirit of being kind of uplifting in a way that yeah. a guy who doesn't have education really. Shouldn't be a guy, a character that has wisdom. I like that kind of, he, he could get there, right? After enough time and learning and people that, you know, Apollo clearly had better training and upbringing than Rocky. Again, that, you know, when introduced to people with that, that Rocky learned from it and is now able to pass it on. I like that that's where he's at. Well, I think he always had this kind of wisdom, but he couldn't express it. He couldn't, yeah. like, he, he couldn't... uh you know, put it into words as well. You know, I got gaps. She's got gaps. Together we fill gaps. You know, I like that line. And it's like it is. It it's it's. He's just expressing it in an awkward way. Whereas now he can, you know, he can be that motivational right. guy. It, it's a it's a wise observation. But at the at what Rocky had his his disposal in terms of communication tools. Right. You're right. It's awkward, but it's insightful because I I know you know what he means, and it's right. In terms of that's actually how a lot of relationships are. Yeah, is that's how they work. Is that the thing the other person is good at? You're probably not, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And that's how it generally works. And gaps is the way to. <laughs> yeah, I got gaps. She got gaps. Together we fill gaps. Um, all right, let's talk about the discussion about Rocky. You know, not throwing in the towel and his speech at Apollo's funeral. I I find this moment fascinating. I think it's exactly right, and I don't know if Stallone would have written it this way. I don't know if anybody – I think very few people would have written it this way where, um, you know, they're talking about Apollo's death, and, and oh, no, he's like, oh, I'm, I'm Apollo's son, and Dragon's like, I don't believe it. He's like, call Marianne. Oh, that's right. You haven't talked to her since the funeral. Where it's like, wow. That's like – I found that shocking the first time. I'm just like, Apollo is his best friend. And he never, after he died, never talked to Mary, not talked to Apollo's wife. Like, that is a level of selfishness that <laughs> even to me is shocking, even though you and I have talked about how in that period of the Rocky movies, Stallone was writing Rocky to be a little selfish. You think about Rocky Four, that line shocks me because you think about Rocky Four, and it made me realize once Rocky goes to Russia, he never talks about Apollo again. Duke talks about him. He's like, you've got to carry on Apollo's legacy. You're the one now. You've got to do it. The, the speech Rocky gives after he beats Drago, he's not like, I did that for you, Apollo. He's like, I, I'm going to try to teach you about, you know, you know everybody can change. You, you already he know never, where my head is going. Stop. I, I, I ne- never occurred to me until 
seeing Creed and him saying, oh, you haven't talked to Marianne since the funeral. Rocky never talks about Apollo in Rocky Five. Rocky never talks about Apollo in Rocky Balboa. It's shocking to me now how he never noticed before. Yeah, that- but you know, in in Rocky in Rocky Five, it's all about Mickey, and he's he he misses Mickey. He never talks about how much he misses Apollo, and and you know the fact that in Rocky Four he never you know, all he had to do is one moment at the end of Rocky Four is like that was for you Apollo or just some, some kind of acknowledgement. acknowledgement I, yeah. he, I'm doing this to get because. I've been trying to kill you, and that's it, why I'm here. He he doesn't seem to remember that anymore. It right? is particularly harsh that line, and then thinking, all right, so m- maybe in the immediate aftermath, the guilt or whatever, maybe you can excuse it. Yeah, and I don't know. By Rocky Five, I do think it becomes tougher, especially right that he's he should that, be he should be less selfish because he's fallen on hard time. He he should have taken more like self self reflection you you would think right yeah by rocky five but but he hasn't so i guess to me is it's like wow it it actually it's really bad if that that's how it's written so that's what it is but i think it it totally tracks like yeah of course he didn't talk to her well i mean to be fair to rocky he had his own problems after he came back from russia you know his life fell apart so he probably needed to focus on himself and his family so it's it's you know, at the end of the day, you want, I understand why he never talked to her again, but it's just like, you know, check in on her once in a while. Like, I, I, I completely agree, and that, that, was, that was pretty jarring and pretty cold. But just quickly, anytime you mentioned that speech, now, of course, all I'm thinking, who would think that this sort of rambling, incoherent <laughs> speech, that's all I think of. I mean, you know, if, if you believe that he ended the Cold War, then he can be even more excused for getting, for forgetting about Apollo. For forgetting about because he ended the Cold War. Yeah, he had, he had important uh, right. diplomatic relations to complete. Yes, even if he didn't get credit for yeah. the Cold War. Anyway, last, last note about that. I have so many more notes about this scene, but well, we, we, him, we have to, well, we, we've got to move on. But I do love, he eventually reveals oh, uh, Apollo won that third fight. But before he knows who Donnie is, Donnie's like, I heard you I heard you have a third fight with Apollo. And I was like, I hear about that. And Donnie's like, who won? And I love the way Do- Rocky phrases it where he goes, mm, it's kind of a secret. <laughs> he, doesn't, he, does, he doesn't want to admit that he lost. <laughs> well, maybe that's why. Yeah, I didn't think about that. But no, I, th- I like the idea. I like the way he says that it's a secret. It's not like, oh, you know, um, you know that's between me and him. It's a secret. <laughs> I don't know why that just seems so funny to me. Just calling it a secret. Um. Yeah, that, that's about it. Are you that's sure? All, that's all. That's all the important stuff. All right. Well, so my my first kind of notes. I've got a couple that actually don't matter. Um, as I'm reading them, but so the first one that does, I had already gotten to because the first quote I have, I've I've got a lot of quotes in my little details. Uh, I see you got your headgear on. I that that was the <laughs> first quote, not yeah. just because it, it's among the top, but then I've got a few. And the first one from Rock was "Time is undefeated," and I I have a succinct note. I'm, Rocky's right. Time is undefeated. And <laughs> as time is going on for me, I I'm beginning to realize, yeah, eventually it's going to get me too. It's so, funny. Uh, it's funny how as we age, these movies where Rocky's getting older yeah. somehow get more resonance. Uh, it's, it's amazing. amazing. It right? is amazing. Uh, but a couple of other ones. I, I love this, and this felt very. I, this felt maybe as much Rocky, but a little bit Paulie. Hey, you don't stop like a woodpecker. That <laughs> yeah. was out outstanding. Yeah. Uh, I have, of course, the cloud one. And, and I also have, oh, you usually usually do one with the, those with one hand. Um, yeah. A, a few, a few he, of my favorites. And then the nurse comes in and is like, don't hit the lady. Hit She'll her. probably drop you. <laughs> That's right. 
I found that very funny. Um, yeah, I, I'm going to skip to my uh, Rocky lines that make me laugh, or just Rocky moments, where it, the, the first training montage we didn't really talk about much. This is before they get the Sabrina fight, where Rocky's just, okay, I'll train you, but just like in a general sense. And Rocky decides to do the, the chicken stuff, which, you know, again, nice reference to prior movies. And then Donnie immediately catches the chicken, basically, and is like, well, he's got to stop watching. like, oh, it's fast. Chickens are slowing down. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is actually probably true. Because, like, you think about chickens now versus 40 years ago, like all the genetic engineering they've done. <laughs> gigantic. They made them gigantic because they want more meat out of them. So, so I think chickens run. probably have slowed down. <laughs> like, I think that's probably true. Um, more lines. Okay. Uh, I love... I think this... I mean... Uh, Rightfully so, Stallone won a Golden Globe for his performance here. I think if you're going to give, I think his, this is probably the best acting in the series, and that's saying a lot because I think he's, you know, the first Rocky. He's, he's incredible in that too. You know, he strikes a, a good balance here, and the comedy is good. I'm glad that they made him a little more comedic, and but this is one of these moments where it, it simultaneously makes me laugh, and it's also, I think, very telling, and it's when... Uh, Rocky first comes back to, to Mickey's gym and Pete sees him. He's like, oh, how do you know Hollywood here? He's like, they're calling Donnie Hollywood. How do you know Hollywood here? And then Donnie's just like, we met at the restaurant. Like, he doesn't want to know who he really is. And then he looks at Rocky and Rocky and looks back and he's just like, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I, pretty, I didn't like, realize that. He may as well have said, that's the ticket. Yeah, like, <laughs> but it's like so telling how reluctant, he's reluctant to lie, but he just goes along with it and it's just, I, I, I'm not doing it justice. I think his line delivery is so funny. He's just, that's it. <laughs> what he said. Yeah. Um, when uh, Bianca, when, when Donnie's moving out and Bianca's up in the window. And <laughs> oh, this is the one that I didn't have in my note. It's awesome. It's, I've got it later in my It's notes. such a good delivery from Salon. It's like, it's, it's Rocky Balboa is your uncle? No, it's like, this is your uncle? He's like, yeah, he's white. <laughs> and then yeah. Rocky, yeah, a long time now. It is, it is great, a great delivery. It's probably the most, I can't believe I didn't have it on that initial list. I know I got it here later. It's my fa- it's my favorite delivery of the line. Yeah, been a long time now. <laughs> it's great. It's great. I also like that scene. Um, we haven't talked about enough about Bianca, and we could probably talk more about her, which we will. But um, I like that scene also because again, I, I feel like I'm talking a lot about how these series have like put Rocky in a different place in terms of his fame. But it's interesting how we see the statue in this movie it's actually where it is in real life now for the first time we're seeing it like for real where it actually is and we see tourists going up and taking pictures of of the statue and you know posing by the statue um but rocky lives in town and he's got a restaurant if you want to meet him you can very easily meet rocky baboa the that real is, guy that is true. so it's it's fascinating to me that the statue is a like a tourist stop where people go take pictures even though like Rocky is just someone who lives yeah. in town and is basically like a regular guy now. And then when Bianca sees Rocky and she recognizes him, she's like, why didn't you tell me Rocky Balboa is your uncle? You know, but she's not like, Oh my God, it's Rocky Balboa. Like, it's not like she's, you know, met, not that she's someone who I would, would be Seek starstruck, yeah. but you know, like she's not really reacting. She's reacting in a way where it's like, I know who that is, but it's not really that big a deal. No. And so to me, that's, I think what I, your point about the statue is interesting. I hadn't thought about that, and I'll, I'll talk about that. But I I like, and again, I think that this comes down to some of it being grounded, that Rocky is famous, but enough time has passed that people know the name, they know there's the statue, and also boxing, right? I mean, boxing has lost a lot of its luster since 1976. Yeah. 
I like that Rocky Balboa is a known name in Philadelphia. Yeah, he's like a local hero, and that's about it now. But right, that it, the fame is diminished because uh, time is undefeated, right? And <laughs> yes, the Eagles have won Super Bowls. The Phillies have won. Right, that other thing in sports in Philly since 1976, a lot has changed, and uh, it, that that he's a known person, and that like if people say, "Oh yeah, Rocky Balboa," and they might you know, especially boxing fans or somebody older that could relate, right? Yeah. Maybe not the Creed audience. I like that that she knows who he is, but isn't you know? It's not like I, I don't know what the contemporary Philly. I don't know who the contemporary Philly would be, but you know, who I think it would be in Chicago is Dick Buckus. Imagine like a, if there was a Dick Buckus like statue outside of uh, Soldier Field. And just, oh, it's a statue. Let's take a picture next to it. But like nobody really quite knows who he is anymore. Yep. If you saw him on the street, young people would never know. Young he was, people definitely would. You and I would probably yeah, know we who he was, him. but young people wouldn't. And but so, I feel like our age would be the cutoff if Rocky was real. Uh, right around our age yeah. would be the cutoff of people who would be able to recognize. Like even Bianca, you know. Well, I mean, just from living in Philly, she probably knows what Rocky looks like, but. It's just like, and it, know, I eh. think, well, to tie it back, I think it's mostly though because what's funny is I think the statue or the I, the statue I actually think now, right? It's like supplanted him. It has. It's usurped. Like the idea, the the statue and the running up the steps. People might not even know. I I can imagine certain to us not knowing the name Rocky Balboa by you know twenty fifteen, but they know it's a thing in Philly that people run up the steps for this boxing guy. So yeah, good point. What, what what's to, I, maybe the counter to your point, but I understand why you made it, is that I think a lot of those people who are taking them pictures, they wouldn't care that they could go to Adrian's. They just know sort of like what would be the Chicago equivalent that they, this isn't exactly perfect, but it would be people don't necessarily want to go to a Cubs game. They've seen, you know, in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, save Ferris, you know, on the mark. The marquee is more than the baseball game. Sure, is, yeah. is, is, in, in the club to a certain extent. I can kind of see that where it's, oh, this is something I do in Philly. You know, in Chicago, I go to the Bean and I, yeah. I get a picture of my reflection of myself right. in the Bean. Oh, you're going I, to Philly? Oh, you got to take a picture by the statue, by the Rocky statue. Right. Yeah. And so I, I actually can see, especially that this is spe- set in 2015, I, I totally believe it that even though the real person is there, that most people would probably care more about the statue at this point. Yeah. And, and to me, now kind of talking this through, whether it's intentional or not, I think it's genius that mm-hmm. Rocky doesn't really mean that much anymore, but the, the the statue means more than Rocky himself. And that's that's why this movie is so good, is because it's so consistent with that. The way Bianca reacts is exactly consistent with the way, you know. And, and I know the, that I know this is a guy, but I don't right. really know anything about well, him. Well, and like when when Donnie goes up to the statue, it's not like there's like a mob of people been like, oh my god, there's just, there's just one family. They're yeah. taking a picture and then they leave, and it's it's not like. It's this huge spot. It's just like you see, it establishes that people are sometimes take their picture with it, but that's it. It's like not a big deal. That it's still relevant, but it's not like the early movies where you get a bunch of kids following. <laughs> yeah, Rob, exactly. Right? Yes. Because time has passed, and you know the zeitgeist is over. Yeah. Ozymandias, right? No, no matter what, that you can build the greatest empire in the world, but eventually you're forgotten. Yeah. It, it's it's ter- it, it is a pessimistic way of looking at things, but I guess it's just always been my way. Well, it's a glass half empty, glass half full thing. At least there's a statue to commemorate Rocky. In a hundred years, that statue will still be there. No one will remember why, or right. At least it'll still be there. Um, anyway, so we spent too too much time, yeah, yeah. probably I, on the on it, but go, I, go I was ahead. going through my lines that I I enjoy. Yes. So um, I like Rocky describing Polly. Polly was my best friend, even though he wasn't so friendly. That that's that's actually a really 
insightful line and mm-hmm. really well written. And I like that Rocky has it, but I thought about it. That's actually a great, great way of putting it. Yeah, he was a jerk, but he was kind of my jerk. Yeah, and, exactly. You know, we had a we had a dynamic and relationship that you know. It's he a, was he wasn't a great person, but he was he was he looked out for me. He yeah. was my friend. He, it was, it's a perfect way to sum up their friendship. Um, Rocky dancing to disco. We already talked about. Um, I love this. Is another reference to a prior Rocky movie that I find very funny. Where there's this whole thing established about there's a Philly thing of like the bike kids and just, yeah. just like it's like it's a Philly culture thing where just kids ride around there like four by fours and their bikes and stuff. Dirt bikes. Dirt, yeah, um, it's all kinds of bikes, but yeah, it's, it's dirt bikes and four by fours mostly. And they're walking up to the gym. Um, Front Street Gym is the gym they go to when they don't want to be at uh, Mickey's. And Donnie's just like, you ever ride a bike? He's like, yeah, I had a Harley once, but I fell off. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Because, of course, he had a Harley. We remember it. He had that Harley with the, the, the stallion well, what, on it. What the stallion doesn't say is, yeah, I drove up and I saw a jacket in the window. And I decided, <laughs> oh, I'm just going to buy it because I was really dumb with my money. No, I think we in Rocky Five it's uh, auctioned off that bike, but... So I know, I, I'm talking about the jack, you know, just buy the jacket. He was just burning through cash. I distinctly remember talking oh, about that. Oh, we definitely that. talked about that, yeah. but it's different than, how does that relate to the bike, him talking about the bike? I'm just, I, the the, I, the connection is, I guess, oh, what I was with it. Oh, that would have I mean, been nice if they, you know, <laughs> if they had gone that far. Oh, they're wearing leather jackets. You ever, wear a, you ever have a leather jacket? Yeah, once. <laughs> um, no, but I just, I just... It's 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 so hard to not stop at every line and praise this movie to the high heavens, but like, really, it's it's a funny line. It's so funny to me. I had a Harley, but I fell off. But it's also like the perfect level of nostalgia. It's like, hey, remember he had a Harley? Yes, but Rocky's also a doofus that fell off his Harley. You know, like it, it's it's really threading this needle of not pandering to Rocky fans, but also acknowledging the history of the series. I kind of that that line just makes me laugh every time. Um. I love Rocky pretending that he didn't know Bianca was coming to the hotel room before the fight. <laughs> it is he's looking at the door. It's like, what are you looking at? Oh, and then, oh. <laughs> Bianca, what are you doing here? You, you, hear, you hear that? There's no knock, too, yeah. which is great. That you whole scene that? is so funny. Bianca, then, Bianca, what are you what doing? What are you doing here? He's still a terrible actor, just like those commercials in Rocky 2. <laughs> Uh, and that's about it. Those, those are the funny moments. Uh, here's a good transition then, because well, I do want to spend a little bit of time on Bianca and a couple of my notes here. Yeah, let's talk about details. Bianca. It's a good transition. So I, I want to cover a little bit on the details of uh, kind of him. Donnie first, he's he's running and and sees her poster up and kind of just ducks in on on our, our performance. Mm-hmm. Uh, the. I'm not sure. So, you know, she, she says that, you know, she's got an exclusive or whatever. She's there every Thursday night late, later on. Right. But I, but I just kind of know, I'm like, you know, he, he was wearing workout clothes and he was able to get it. I'm like, I'm not sure at least how the, she may have an exclusive. She's always performing there, but I'm like, I'm not sure how exclusive that club is. Cause if it was a really hot club, Donnie was not getting in with what he was wearing. Uh, well, I don't know how many clubs really have like really enforce a dress code these days. But I, I'm not. I, I mean, he would look I, out of place, right? He, I, he did I look out you. of place. There's, there's no way, you know, he, he, if it was exclusive. All I'm saying, he's probably not getting in here. Well, but, I, my, I, this is my question, so I'll, I'll ask now. Why is he carrying cash? He, there must have been a cover charge. So why does he have cash when he's out for a run to get into oh, this well, club? I can, I can answer that. You, you can't leave the house even for a run. You may have he's an got, emergency. He's got like a phone pay. Yeah, he, he's got, he's got something. You know, like a. a I, now, Even in 2015, like that's borderline of paying for stuff on your phone. 
No, I don't know if that no, was no, quite no, happening not yet. Not phone pay. I'm saying he's got a stash of it, you know, at least 10 bucks. He's carrying at least $10 in cash in him in case he needs a water, he needs a Gatorade or something. Oh, okay. And I, I think that he's carrying cash. Now, you run more than, than I ever did, so you... Uh, maybe like, I should maybe I should start doing that because I don't care. I hate carrying stuff when I'm running. I, I I'll bring my phone and even that. I I mean I I I had a thing to strap it to my arm and then it broke. Because I'm starting to sound like Rocky. I hardly would fill up. <laughs> so I just carry my phone right now. But um, all right. So then I I noticed the their first date that wasn't a date but was a date. Yeah. Nine ninety five for two Philly cheesesteaks and drinks. That is a hell of a deal. Oh, I is. need to know where that place is in Philly. I mean, I it's it's uh. It doesn't surprise me that much. I mean, a cheesesteak seems like the kind of thing that, you know, I've never been to Philly, but I imagine, you know, cheesesteaks are so well-known. It's like that's what you want to get when you get there. It's the food that's you know, Philly is known for. So I bet there's a real race to the bottom when it comes to, like, trying to draw people in. And, Maybe. I, I can see that. So, but at the same time, there's not a race to the bottom for... Uh, it is very cheap. Well, um, so what were you going to say? Well, I, I was just going to say, there's not a race to a bottom for, why can't I know, Chicago-style you know, thick-crust pizza. It's expensive everywhere, but I, but I hear what you're well, saying. Well, that's like a whole, like, you know, rest, that's restaurant food. And I mean, it's more like a Chicago hot dog, really. Um, what was I going to say? Talking about that date. Nah, I don't remember now. That's all right. Well, uh, on that date, I'll finish with my last note on it. Um, my, my nitpick or criticism... I didn't really pick up, and I, I agree with you. I didn't pick up on their meeting being far too Hollywood. Uh, no, no, sure. you know, it is his may, name. Maybe joke intended. Maybe that's the reason why. Although it's not. I my problem nitpick is I like kind of that it, the first date venue and that it wasn't a date. I think that was very believable. Yeah. My issue is is they get pretty. I don't want to say I don't know if personal is the word. That date gets pretty intense pretty quick and not passionate intense but you know kind of like she she calls him out pretty quickly that he's not streets right that sure you know that she, she knows he's a boxer and learns that that that's a pretty big leap to to kind of have that conversation with somebody that i think basically you're too educated to be doing what you're doing and then he gets pretty familiar asking about her he, her hearing aids that on like a kind of a first date i'm not saying that there's anything wrong with it what my criticism is that feels like they're getting pretty familiar pretty fast. Well, I think you wouldn't be having those conversations if it wasn't a date, but I think it becomes clear halfway through to both of them that, Oh, this is a date. And then, you know, those are, especially she's wearing the hearing aid. And it's something that I think is reasonable to, to ask about. It's like, it's, I don't think it's rude or like too personal, you know, him talking about his, his father, although he talks around the, his actual, you know, identity, but, um, that's a, that's a little much, but I mean, I don't know. I, I, none of that struck me as like overly personal conversation. I, They're maybe, getting to know each other. Maybe it's been a long time I, since I've been on a first date, and it has been a long time. Uh, my nitpick is that that felt a, that felt fast in terms of kind of like what a date like that conversation would be. Those felt like topics. I'm not saying that maybe they wouldn't. You know, especially in the hearing aids, maybe. Now, I don't think at a first date somebody is, and maybe that's the character you're going to tell me. That's Bianca. Well, she already knew he was trying to be a boxer because he tells her that it's like I'm trying to train for you know, when I, she's no, being no, too I, loud. I knew that, but for her to go, you're basically to say you're not streets. That like, and she says you're not a square. So she's not she's not insulting him necessarily, but at the same time, she she says it in kind of an apologetic way. 
I guess she, she says I, like you're trying yeah. to defend it. Just let me have my nitpick. <laughs> well, no, it's, it's I, I, you know, you think that they're they're getting into personal topics too fast. I think you know you can assume that this was, you know, we're skipping over the small talk talk parts. The like chit chat, getting to know you there, parts. There and we're skipping much. to getting to more, you know, more really getting to learn about each other. That my beef is is that uh, one. I actually don't think even if they they had shown more chit chat in the in the scene i'm not sure you get there on a first date anyway but you definitely needed to i needed to see more chit chat because that got real pretty quick and i'm not i don't i like the relationship i don't have an i don't have an issue and because i don't think it needed to be a focal point i'm fine them accelerating the process it just felt like they got pretty familiar pretty fast. That's I mean, all. it's it's a parallel to Rocky and Adrian at the ice rink where he's telling her why he fights. He's like, I can't sing and dance. You know, it, it is, but here's the difference. Rocky has spent, as you said, it's implied you don't see it. He's been in that stupid shop buying stuff. Sure, yeah. So They've she, known each other. Right, for, Adrian for knows him. You know, She might have been annoyed by him, but she knows him. Where this is legitimately, they have just, maybe not just met, but within you know a couple of days they had just met. That's all. Yeah. I, I you know I I don't necessarily think that it was too too personal for a first date, but okay, that's fair. You know, I, I understand fair. where you come from. Uh, so while we're talking about Bianca, I'm just I'm curious. You know, you're not a music person, so I'm just I, I'm actually I think because of that, I'm more curious to hear your point of view on her music because I think that's another thing that bumps a lot of Rocky fans of like. You know, Rocky fans who don't like Creed, I think in part is because it's just like, oh, that horrible music she makes. It's like, I think I like it a lot. I like, the, you know, what they're writing for. I think Tessa Thompson's a pretty good singer, and, you know, it's obviously like very electronic and processed, but I, the, the music that the, they write for her in this, this movie, I think is very good. I, I think, like, her performance, I, I believed that that's. I believed her as, like, a, an artist, and that's what. Her choice was in terms of I'm not a big music person, so I'm right. not necessarily I would even say a good judge. Did I like no, I did not like it. Okay. <laughs> I did not like it at all. I think you're more in the, the I think most people are more on your side. But yeah. But that that I all like said, I don't have any issue like with Tessa Thompson's performance or anything, but yeah, no, that At the very least you believe that this kind of a club kind oh, of yeah. like electronic music, this kind of like trip hoppy kind of a thing. Like Oh it's, I it, I, yes, I believe that without a doubt. It makes total sense that this would be the kind of stuff that she's she's writing. Yep. Um. Okay, this is kind of out of order, but I don't want to forget to talk about. I think the 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 part of the movie that I the first time I watched it, I was just blown away by the sequence, and somehow we didn't talk about it. Ricky Conlon's entrance. I. It's it's like I I think maybe to, uh, to the match. To the, to the boxing match. Okay, yeah. well, let, let me go back one second before and let's spend more time because my note won't take that long. Okay. I want to say, and this this again, I actually, in some ways, th- this is this is clever because it feels like Paulie's from behind the grave, but I, my note is, Hail Mary by Tupac is a better intro pick than a little bit of Sinatra and High Hopes. <laughs> so yes. what's funny is like, Hail Mary, like, yeah, I kind of, you know, it. The, the lyrics don't necessarily, but, but the title... It's like, yeah, he probably needs a Hail Mary to win this fight. So it's kind of like high <laughs> oh, hopes. I didn't even, I didn't even right. make that connection. So in, in a way, right, There's, it's almost like oh. Pauly is there. But at the same time, hey, I mean, it's a much better song. than. But yeah. Sinatra and High Hopes is perfect for Rocky. And a Hail Mary by Tupac is 
perfect. I didn't even make the connection yeah. that it's a hail mary, like a hail mary pass. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if that's what you know what they were going for, but that's immediately what I went to. Is no, it, I love it's that. a little bit Rocky Balboa. It's like yeah. Yeah, he has no business and he needs every bit of help he can get. But in terms of like Tupac, is it, it's a great it's a great song. Yeah, but I, at least for me, I made the connection. I'm like, man. There's a little bit of Pauly still here because I like to think it's hard for me to believe, though, that Rocky would know Hail Mary by Tupac. But oh, no, again, Donnie picked that song. Donnie did, but there's a part of me that wants to believe that, again, that Rocky has assimilated, you know, ass- he's learned. From- <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining now, like the scene in Rocky Balboa, or Pauly's like, I love Sinatra. Can you imagine they're about to go out and Tupac's Hail Mary comes on and Donnie looks confused and he looks at Rocky and Rocky's like, I love Tupac Shakur. It's my favorite rapper. Could you imagine? It would be awesome. If if I'm writing this, I, I have that scene. <laughs> no, Rocky's so, never heard of him. He doesn't know what the cloud is. He doesn't know who Tupac Shakur is. I know he doesn't. But so, one, I wanted to say that I I liked even Donnie coming in. And oh, I, no, that's great, too. I, I, I don't think that that connection was necessarily intentional. I might have made it. But I also think it's a it's a great, believable intro tune that he would pick yeah to come in but yeah then to lead to what you really wanted to cover well but that, Con- that, conlin's intro is amazing yeah well i think it's it's obviously going for two different things because with when when donnie is entering we're entering with him the camera's following him in so we're it's it's similar to the second fight the sparina fight where it you get the sense of what it's like to be in the ring this is what it would feel like it, you really do feel like you're coming out to a stadium of a hundred thousand people and it, it you feel that in like the nervous energy and I, I didn't even think about Hail Mary. That's a great observation because I mean I just I, I'm familiar with the song, so I was like, oh, Tupac Hail Mary. That's that's interesting. I just didn't even think of the connotation. But I think also why Conlon's entrance is so so like uh, striking is because of the song choice, which is a song I was not familiar with, and it's it's a very striking song. It's very like it's very British, which is appropriate, and it's also like. It's like, you know, you wouldn't think, you know, you come out to Tupac Shakur and it's like, all right, well, you're not going to, you know, as far as like really like street. Oh, yeah. Uh, it know, feels like Dredder Tatum or Mike Tyson. Yeah, exactly. It's in. like you, you can't top that. And then somehow they top it with yeah. this other song that, you know, and it's so, I mean, foreign is maybe oversimplifying it, but because it's so British and it's so, you know, it's so. I mean, menacing is the wrong word because, I mean, it is it is that, but it's also just like. There's there's like a dismissiveness to the song, you know. It's, uh, don't waste my time is again the connotation. It's just like Conlon sending the message, just like I shouldn't even be fighting this guy. Don't waste my time. And the I'm smoke, here for the money. Yeah, I mean, basically. Yeah. He's, he's the so so, and but then the slow motion and the, the normally I don't like speed ramping where you know it's a thing you can do now where you just shoot a d- digital camera and you shoot it in a million frames a second and then you can just ramp it up and down in the editing bay and they do that here where it like kind of speeds up and slows down. But in order to get the the timing right of the song, where the guy comes out with the, the he's breathing fire and just like wow, that's amazing. You know, it has that zoom in where everyone's got like their phones out and it zooms in. And the guy breathes fire, and then there's this cloud of smoke left off left over from the fire, and then the camera like the the speed slows way down. And Conlon and uh, uh, his managers and all his crew like emerging like the silhouettes emerging from the smoke. 
every time it gives me chills. And the first time I saw it, I was just like, this is, in- I-, I could not believe what I was seeing. It was so good. Yeah, and so, like, my note for, for this intro, I-, I said, so Conlon has a fire breather to walk him in. Uh, I said, maybe he has a bit, of- he's the one who has a bit of Apollo Creed in him, because that- he's an amazing showman. I-, I-, I don't know if every every fight you know, has necessarily been this way. Yeah, but probably, the, not. probably not. But the one presentation we get that is very Apollo Creed. That he knows I gotta sell it. In a way, honestly, it felt like he knows this other this other guy doesn't belong here. Yeah, I like Apollo. I gotta sell this. I gotta make people feel like they're getting their money's worth. And so I I, I specifically call out the note for that intro. It felt like Apollo Creed coming into the ring in terms of like I gotta be a showman and give people entertainment. Before the fight, because I don't think that... Don't waste my time. I don't think this fight's going to last very long. Yeah, but the difference is, in Rocky, it's kind of played as a joke, where he's coming in as Uncle Sam and cut to Rocky going, he looks like a big flag, you know? like It's kind of played as a gag. That is a great line. It is. But as an audience member, watching Kylan come in here, it's just like... It is a different feel. A goddamn dragon is coming in. (laughs) I mean, almost literally, where he's got the fire breather. It is so effective. Um... So I, Khaleesi is coming into the ring, and it, I, I, I I talked about how Rocky Balboa was the first Rocky movie to really. I mean, I guess the first with Apollo coming in as Uncle Sam kind of is an entrance, but you know, the idea of entrance music and that whole yeah. thing we talked about in Rocky Balboa, how that was sort of new at the time, or you know, new-ish. But boy, oh boy, this this movie takes advantage of that to the fullest. I, I it's such a great build up to the fight. And the fight's only as good as the build-up, because if you don't build it up right, no one's going to care. This could not be better. The build-up to the fight could not be better. And no. I literally could not imagine any way to, make, to improve it. Everything related to Conlon's time, in, including the HBO intro that you know, we covered a little bit kind of in the overview, all of that, all of the stuff related to even the fights that Conlon doesn't have... They're yeah. great. I mean, they they complete that. I'm telling you, that HBO intro completely. I wanted to see that fight. <laughs> yeah. I don't actually have any interest in boxing, really, but I, I'm jacked up. I'm like, I want to see. And some of it, too, I actually think was, you know, watching it. I'm like, after seeing Wheeler just dispense Donnie so quickly, who we're supposed to be rooting for, I'm like, yeah, I want to see Kylan kick this guy's ass, actually. is <laughs> really what I was thinking, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. I want to see him actually pound this guy. Yeah. And he does. He busts this jaw. <laughs> Yeah, he really, <laughs> it, real fight. it is almost comical when you see the the ESPN footage of Conlon clocking Wheeler. Yes. Wheeler's just like, oh, so I don't even, I don't, I don't know how to describe it, but it is, it is. He really does go out like a punk, and he's just out of the movie now. <laughs> <laughs> to the point where he's going to sue Conlon and like yes. the wrestler, uh, the, the What's boxing funny commission. I don't know how he's used in Creed Two. It sounds like it's. Not in a good way. Disappointingly. But but what's funny is that he actually wound up... I wound up disliking him even more. And you're right that he is a punk. And what's funny is... that sue him. That's the thing. <laughs> you're a that, boxer. Take a punch. <laughs> what's the name of the manager in Rocky V? Uh, or not the... Uh, uh, Duke, Duke Washington. Duke, Duke, the, the, touch me and I'll sue. Right. It almost honestly made me think. I'm like, you want to talk about Donnie's not the one who streets. How streets is Wheeler really? If that's what be he immediately that's what he comes out with is I'm going to sue. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, well, well I, I won't spoil Creed two, but I, I I I agree that he's built up. He's he's built up as like a long term like rival yeah. to Donnie in this movie, and then. It peters you know, out. It just is not does not pay off in a, a way bummer. that I think is well. I, you may disagree though. 
for reasons that I won't get into. You oh, may really? disagree. Um, okay, I, I need to skip over some notes because we're going so long and I have so many things to say. But I just want to c- comment on when Donnie goes into his boss's office and he quits. You know, having never been to L.A. and not being you know someone who lives in L.A., I'm always fascinated by the fact that L.A. is not very built up like you know just yeah. some skyscrapers but it's not a very vertical city it's very For i mean the most part, no. par- uh, probably just because it it grew up during the time when cars existed and so yeah. they just built out instead of up but i, I always wonder like boy well, you know you would think that over time la would get built up like downtown la would get built up a little more and then i saw the view from this guy's office he's on like some like 40th floor office in la i'm telling you you go up into any 40th floor of any Chicago building and you're getting a gorgeous view. This view is the sickly, is the most horrible 40th floor view I've ever seen. <laughs> go, go back and watch that scene and look out the window. It's just like disgusting, smoggy mess. Just All you're seeing are just freeways and just dis- tops of like just gray soil and just, oh, it's <laughs> LA views are really ugly. <laughs> I'm sorry. I mean, maybe they just—it was a bad day. It was an ugly day outside. I don't know. I shouldn't judge LA, but I'm just looking at that wee view. I'm just like, boy, why even bother getting a corner office? What's the point? Just draw the shades. <laughs> I probably would. <laughs> All right. I don't know if I have any others because uh, most of it actually was—we we covered most of them here. I'm just looking through just to make sure. I've got so many details. I'm just going to skip all my normal stuff of reading like newspaper and like articles. And I've got all the YouTube, like the YouTube video. I've got like all of the, like the, 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 the video details. Oh my, I, I feel bad now that you're not able to use all these. Well, very, qu- very quickly. Give, give a few. It had, had 1.5 million views on YouTube. I technically 1,543,763 views. <laughs> um, Video description published on November 22nd, 2006. I like that the video has been up for nine years. That's very YouTube. That's like the beginning of YouTube 2006. This video, someone uploaded... Rocky. Somebody was really a Rocky fan. <laughs> yeah, someone uploaded this, this pretty early in YouTube, and it stuck around. Uh, the championship boxing match between Apollo Creed and Rocky Balboa. And then there's two more videos that he doesn't click on, and there are two real box- boxing matches. Timothy Bradley versus Juan Miguel Marquez. And Paul Williams versus Sergio Martinez the second. I looked them both up. They're both real fights. I wonder why those were what showed up. I wonder why they chose that to be you know what would show up in in the YouTube search. That's probably just in the video library of yeah, maybe Warner Brothers or whatever. All right, so I have one one thing that I did want to call out. Another nitpick. Um, so you've got when Conlin. And it may, and this made me think. Well, Conlin isn't as good as Apollo Creed because I I started thinking like, yeah, this guy is a showman, just like you know Apollo. But when Donnie gets back up and the the kind of disbelief, I'm like, oh, you know what, Carl Weathers and Apollo. It's still probably my favorite moment is when we, the and and Creed can't believe it. The the look on mm-hmm. Carl Weathers' face, nothing. No, I, Carl Weathers is also you know more of a. I mean, he's an actor, so that helps. Conlin was not Apollo Creed because Apollo still has the best delivery of he. We legitimately could not believe that yeah. Rocky is back up. It's pretty good though in this. Movie, it is. I, think. I it, again, it's a nitpick. Yeah, it's so. it's not it's not up to that quality. Yeah. I do love the way the the that moment is edited where Donnie gets knocked out, knocked down, and like slow motion. I mean, and, and uh, Michael B. Jordan really took that punch. There's behind the scenes footage of him just getting clocked, and he's just out. Um, it's actually kind of scary to watch. If you you know he's okay, he was fine, but he's just like the only way to do this in slow motion, make it look real, is you really got to get punched. Um, <laughs> so I think that was like the last thing they did, just in case he just really got hurt. Right. Um, 
But anyway, I love he's falling in slow motion, just really slow. And then cut to Kylo and just be like, yeah, 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 just in normal speed. And it's so jarring. And like, not, not, it's, it's, I don't know. I just find it very effective. I, I don't want to say it's funny, but it's just like, it is very like interesting the way that's edited. Um, all right. We kind of, I already touched on how much I love the score, but I just want to touch on it again. I think, I think this movie does a really good job balancing between like some like, needle drop hip hop tracks that they use. And also the score, like the, the moment that's the, it's, it's Donnie's equivalent of running up the steps where he's able to run from the house all the way to the gym. And you know, the beginning, he couldn't do it when he was running behind the van. You said it was close, well, pretty close. Whatever. <laughs> so now he's able to do it. And all the guys are on the bikes, you know, coming with him, And it's this the triumphant moment. And it's, it's the running up the stairs. Yeah, right. It's the yeah. equivalent. You know, I, I think it's, it's tough to top running up the steps and this, it doesn't top it, but how could it? It's, there's no way it could, but I love, you know, it, it transitions from this hip hop song. I don't know the name of it. I should have looked it up into the score and it's seamless. And it's kind of like the I know, score I, yeah. underneath the track. The, the, you know, I know what you're talking about. And yeah. then it kind of transitions and it, it's this movie handles it. You know, it. It's a perfect balance of like songs and, and score. Ludwig Granson is it's great. It's a great score. It is like rhythmically weird and I can go into what I mean, but we're going so long. I, I'll be humming for the next 10 minutes <laughs> trying to explain what I'm, <laughs> I don't maybe, know. Maybe that should be the bonus episode or bonus footage for people. I could talk about the score for 15 minutes straight, but I won't do that. Other than just to say I love it and it's great. Um, you have anything else? I'm scanning I we, through. If there's I think anything. we covered most of you know in the various segments already. Most of my little details. So I, I think I and I don't have a ton in the Devil's Advocate. So uh, I've got a couple, but I've got all the posters that are on, up on the wall at uh, the place is called Johnny Brenda's, which is the club that. Uh, Oh, she's got her yeah exclusive at. Uh, some of the, these were obviously like real posters from real shows, and just some of the some of the band names. Let me run through these real fast. So, um, so there's one poster for Mint Records' ridiculously early Christmas party, or sorry, Xmas party, <laughs> starring but not in this order, Energy Slime, Duo Tang from Winnipeg. Supermoon, Tough I like, Age. I like you need the from Winnipeg, like there's one in Philly or something. <laughs> it's, it's, it's in parentheses. I think they, they took these clubs from, from some Canadian club, like from Toronto or something. Um, here's another one. Rennie Wilson from Edmonton slash Montreal. <laughs> Plus Rennie's pals from Calgary, Hag Force. <laughs> Jay Arner, DJ Duncan McHush. <laughs> I like that. I also like Wait that. DJ Duncan McHush. Duncan McHush sounds like a Simpsons character. No, I know. Or, you know what it sounds like. God. There was there was the blue elephant in Return of the Jedi that played music, and his name was Droopy McCool. DJ Duncan McHush, <laughs> distant relative of Droopy McCool. Anyway, D- DJ Duncan McCush and more presents for the first 50 through the door. Saturday, November 29th, doors at 7 o'clock. Benefit for saintsrescue.com. <laughs> Can we just go back? In my mind, too, I know that if you're, you're going to tell me it's spelled D-U-N-C-A-N. Mm-hmm. In my mind, DJ Duncan, it literally, it's like, it's like right. Billy Hoyle dunking a basketball and coming down with McHush. He's got like the shush. He's coming down <laughs> from Duncan. Yeah, he's like an NBA Jam secret character. You got to put it, you got to know the <laughs> the right. He is. Oh my God, you've made my night. DJ You're, Duncan McHush. DJ Duncan McHush <laughs> is now like, it is, it's like an NBA GM secret character and he can just, I mean, he can throw it down. Everything is like boom shock. Yes, well, I'm glad I covered this. There's another poster. Let me just run through the second poster. 
Um, featuring members of the new pornographers, Flash Bastard and Jungle, it's the long-awaited return of the Mark Kleiner Power Trio. Flash Bastard is awesome, too. Flash Bastard is actually pretty good. Um, from Kiwasa, uh, Kurt. Oh, it's, it's, this is, this is the, the trio. From Kiwasa, Kurt. From Bigger Saskatchewan, Mark. And from Los Angeles, Pete. <laughs> And it's got drawings of all three of them. With special guest Zed Dreppelin. <laughs> I want to know, some the Canadian uh, indie rock scene was really uh, jumping here. Friday, <laughs> August 15th at Fox Cabaret in an address, benefit concert. Data. Okay. And then I have all of the ESPN graphics and all the news stories. Including all right, on, come on, give on me some PTI. of those. We didn't really talk about PTI. I think they did handle that well. Another thing that really jarred me when I first saw this movie, of just like, pardon the interruption in, this, in a Rocky oh my, movie. Oh, my God. Will, Wilbon and Korn, <laughs> Wolf, uh, uh, Kornheiser. Yeah. Thank you, Kornheiser. They're discussing something in Rocky. Yeah. They did a good job. I think they just told them, like, here's the scenario. Just talk. Like, yeah. just, you do do your thing. Yeah. Here's what you need to cover. Um, so anyway, but when they're talking about the Conlon Wheeler fight being canceled because uh, Wheeler's jaw was broken, and then the sidebars are like on the side of like what stories that are coming up coming next up on ESPN, yeah. Dubs on fire, rivers can't take heat, beast mode unleashed, A's continues streak, ducks seek revenge, Rousey dominates again, and then Conlon versus Wheeler, which is what they're talking about then. Which I was looking at this and just like, what time of year is it? It seems like oh. every sport. Hold on, wait a minute. Go, give me them again, so I know baseball's going on. Yeah, baseball's going on. Dubs on fire. What dubs? What would that be? Um, is that... Um... It's not the Wizards. No. I don't know. I thought you would know. No. All right, all right. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Rivers can't take Keats. So that's, that's NBA. It's got to yeah, be Doc, Doc Rivers. It's got to be Doc. Yeah, so the NBA's Celtics going lost on. to the Heat, probably. Yeah. Beast Mode Unleashed. So that's football. Oh, yeah. I... I I'm starting to that. It's not making sense. So let's think about it. A's A's continue streak. Yeah. So that's definitely baseball. baseball. Ducks secret revenge is hockey. Rousey dominates of it again. Could it, be any time. It literally is. So we probably could pin it down because it has to be all right. Football, baseball. When, when is the M- no? The NBA starts at no point do all four sport American sports go yeah, on. No, so the, I mean, Beast Mode Unleashed might not be about a game. Maybe he is off season and he went off in the media or something. It so could be, but that that's if, the, if that's possible, if that's what's happening, then right, it's got to be like February, March. No, the only thing I could say, think is maybe he, he was re- released by the Seahawks. Like li- literally, he was actually sure. Yeah, okay. it's you know they they had to cut him because he had a signing bonus that you know would have hit against the cap. Because it can't, it could not be a time where all those he's playing and everything else is going on. But baseball and football, do with basketball, would not overlap. And when Donnie's training, he's wearing like cold weather gear mostly. Let's just say it's February. He's wearing a lot of like hoodies. If it's and February, gloves and stuff. the A's are not on a streak. Oh, that's true. Because baseball ain't starting until April at the soonest. That's true. Well, it's definitely cold, so it doesn't make sense. It's interesting. I Graphics like, team did not uh, think it through. I like to now think that since we brought up Moneyball probably two hours ago, since we were, we've been talking so long, yeah. I like to think that it's actually, I know it's supposed to be 2015, but I'm, I'm going to just go ahead and I would like to think it is the 
Oakland A's from the the Moneyball era is actually yeah, who is on the streak. It's, yeah, it's it's well, I guess it's it is pretty far off from. Oh, it's really yeah. far off. Um. Oh, but I I forgot. And then the bottom there are there's NCAA football scores, so you know it's during NCAA football season. Well, the funny thing is because one of the scores says Sacramento State sixty two, UC Davis zero. Oh. I'm kind of going like. Why? Why did the Creed uh, graphics guy hate Sacramento or UC Davis Just so much? Pounding UC Davis. Yeah. Anyway, uh, and then here's the PTI rundown of like the subjects that are coming up. So versus Creed, Patriots, Eagles, Tim Tebow. It's 2015. They should not be talking about Tim Tebow. Uh, he was long gone. Uh, out of the NFL, but he was still trying to play baseball. Baseball with the Mets. Yep. I mean, uh, he's I, playing football again too. I know. Don't remind me. <laughs> And then Tyson, Tiger, LeBron. So that's what PCI was going to talk about if we had stuck with him. Anyway. All right. I can't, st- I can't not write these things down. No. What can I do? I'm restraining myself. I've got more, and I'm not going to go through it. <laughs> All right. So is that it for you for the little details? Is it time for... Uh... Uh, it's going to have to be. I've got more. Let me just see if there's anything else that I absolutely must talk about. <laughs> um, okay, that's that. Article, I'm not going to read that. The Liverpool Echo newspaper, I've got that article, I'm not going to read that. Um, okay, one last thing. I just, I really enjoy how British the boxing referee and uh, doctor are. There's a couple of little, like, oh, Britishisms I that I just found very, like, funny, it just... Because it's so different from like all the other boxing matches in the series where that are very American and, and or Russian. Um... But the referee at the beginning is just like, keep it clean, will ya? <laughs> like, no referee in America would say, will ya? Keep it clean, will ya? <laughs> that's, that's fair. And then uh, I liked the doctor when uh, Donnie's eyes swelling shut. We didn't talk about that either. And, oh, and, the tapping behind. Yeah, Stitch totally, his, his trainer Stitch totally cheats. <laughs> yes. um, but he goes like, show me your eye. Show me your eye, darn it. <laughs> I found that very British. Too. I didn't notice either one at the time but now that you call attention i do remember them and you are right just to call attention little i don't know if they yeah. actually went to the uk I, I imagine they just filmed this in a studio somewhere yeah, like atlanta or who knows where but freshen they, they your fa- drink governor <laughs> they found authentic enough like yes. people like i buy this it's actually yeah. in liverpool all right yeah i'm done now all right time for the devil's advocate yeah. i want to ask you a bunch of questions i want to have them answered immediately all right, Devil's Advocate, the segment of the show where we ask each other questions that we uh, came up with while watching the movie, and the other does their best to answer them. You want to yeah. go first? I'll go first. Let's try and keep it brief because we're going yeah, so long, and also fine. this I is a good movie, a so there's not a lot to pick apart. No, that's why I don't have a ton. But um, my first question is simply this. It's clear that Marianne Creed has held on to her money. She's doing pretty well. And Ad- Adonis has been living there for... You know, at least uh, close to a decade now, so he would have made himself at home a long time ago. Would they still have a projector in 2015? <sighs> Get yourself a nice 4K OLED oh, TV. Man. This feels very. They're they are rich. <laughs> why do you still have a projector in 2015? <laughs> all right. So why do they have it? Um, all right. So the devil's advocate in me is going to play it out this way: putting in equipment like that. I think it's difficult to remove. And so what I'm going to say is that, yes, while she could afford a nice 4K TV, 
that house was built like at the prime of his career, right? And so sort of like my my house, which was built when uh, we were being built in 1979, we've got an intercom system that are still remnants in certain rooms. <laughs> sure, yeah. But our house, honestly, my, my house, I think, was like re- was top of the line, technological. We've got, you know, a whole house back. That stuff in 1979... That was that was high tech. Sure, yeah. So what I think is, and so the same reason, right? I have not removed the whole house back, even it's though it's just can, too much of a hassle to tear it all apart. Yeah, right. You can get a Roomba now, although I think there are some ways that a whole house back is better if we had a dog. Let's put that aside. What I'm going to say is, getting rid of that projector is more trouble than it's worth. So she leaves it in the house and okay. just uses it, even though probably in another room. There probably is a really nice 4K TV. All right, fair enough. Right. The real reason is they wanted to project Apollo onto Adonis. The yes. filmmaking reason is clear, but I'm just yes. like, uh, they're, I was they're pretty... trying to do the real. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, the real answer. No, you're right. It's the the filmmakers needed it because it's a much better presentation. Now. No, yeah, that that was a good answer, but I mean, clearly, you know, Ryan Coogler just wanted to have the projection. Yeah. Filmmaking wise, it, it's more uh, effective. All right, what All do you right. got? So here's my first question. So. We get the established somewhere in the background, you know, somewhere in the background, it is established that the Delphi gym is home of Apollo Creed. Yeah, I'm glad. I think you might have the same question as me. I'm glad. I have questions about the Delphi gym, too. So okay. Let's, let's cover sure. all our Delphi gym questions. I'm not sure this is going to be the same one, but oh, okay. here's mine. It's clear not only is it the home of Apollo Creed, it is the home of Team Wheeler. It is somewhere in the background there. Yeah. Do you think it is a good idea to be walking into that gym and challenging people and putting up your Mustang? Oh, I mean, the movie says no because he loses not, his Mustang. But do, do you think that Donnie, that anyone in their right mind would go in there and make that, knowing that somewhere lurking around might be I think <laughs> Wheeler? I, well, my answer is I think it's a good idea if... Your desire to become a boxer is greater than your desire to hold on to your Mustang. Okay. If you just, you, he wants <laughs> it so the- bad that he's willing to, he's like, he's like, this is my way in. I'm just going to like bully my way. I'm just going to prove that you're, I'm not going to let you turn me away. I'm just going to win every fight until you admit that, yes, I belong here, which backfires on him, which is, I mean, it, it, it's, it's, the, it's ultimately there so that, to explain why he goes to Philadelphia and find Rocky. I mean, again, I'm, I'm going to the filmmaking reasons of just like, yeah. why would That's he, fair. why would he go to Philadelphia? Why would he find Rocky? He would, he would go to Apollo's, you know, the people who, who knew Apollo. And, um, so yeah, I think, I think ultimately he, you know, he can get another Mustang if he really wanted to. I mean, okay, once, once enough. he goes to Philly and he kind of gets cut off from, from Marianne and she kind of like, I'm not helping you do this. So, once he's in Philly, maybe he doesn't have the money anymore, but... Fair enough. They're, Apollo did well for himself, but he left a nice legacy financially, so that Mustang, eh, dime a dozen. I, I think that's fair. All right, what's your, what's your Team Wheeler question? Well, that's or Delphi Jim, I'm sorry. Uh, well, Delphi Jim, because you, you had said it's the home of Apollo Creed. My question is simple. What happened to Tough Jim? <laughs> Why is Tough Jim not the home of Apollo Creed? Uh, okay. I've got I've got an answer. Mm-hmm. You are do, do not get the soundboard yet. We, have, I, I've we, got haven't, a, t- we haven't touched it yet. I've got a case. Here's my case. Boxing has, in general, kind of generally fallen on hard times for the most part. You know, it's it's not a sport that has nearly the interest. Right. When that happens, there's a lot of consolidation. So what I think is, I think Tough Jim, I think Delphi was better capitalized, 
and acquired Tough Jim. And, and that's, so that's the reason. But that's so very reasonable. Part I mean, of the reason they acquired it, right, is that they wanted the, the Creed name. Didn't really care about the gym, so that's what I that's what I think happened. It's a real stark contrast to like what the gyms look like, because you know in Rocky Three, Tough Jim was just like in you know, <laughs> uh, I don't know what neighborhood that's supposed to be, but whether it's you know, uh, <laughs> the name is great, Tough yeah, Tough Jim. But I mean, it's just in the inner city, and it's just like in a real rough neighborhood, and it's very tough and just dingy and like just not well kept at all and then here is delphi gym in like a strip mall in the suburbs it looks like and just very immaculately clean yeah it it is it is it does not feel like what apollo said was the gym that he came up in no yeah my speculation was that tough gym was actually called delphi gym all along but just tough gym was what they put on, on the sign so like <laughs> you know because it's a tough gym they wanted to advertise how tough it was yeah it was and then a, they just relocated yes yeah exactly. yeah exactly yeah so i mean basically we're saying the same thing it's just a question of all right whether they willingly moved or whether they were acquired but yeah i mean all right i made my case well i have another qu- tough gym right, question let's, so let's, let me just do do, move on to this one which is about little duke actually you know, we didn't know about Little Duke until this movie. We didn't know that Duke had a son. I, had, I mean, we don't know anything about Duke's life or family or personal life. We don't know anything. You know, was, it, was it from Seinfeld? <laughs> the library didn't have a personal life. We didn't want to know about her personal life. We didn't know if Duke had a personal life. We didn't want to know about Duke's personal life. But apparently he had a son. And how old would you say Little Duke is? Early 40s? Yeah. How, how, old, how old is yeah. uh, that actor? I don't know. I, I, he's probably, maybe maybe he's actually late 40s, early 50s, whatever. But I, right. I think it's fair to say he's somewhere in his 40s. Okay, somewhere in his 40s. So 2015, that means he was born in like early 70s? Yeah. We were very tough on Rocky for abandoning his oh. son going, going to Russia. Turns out Duke had a son too. So is, do we need to add Duke to the dad father's list of the Rocky series? Right. I, did Duke I'm, abandon his son just the same way that Rocky did? Or did Duke also have a robot to, to keep an eye on his son? I'm not going to be late if you bring up the robot. What? I'm not going to be late because I'm going <laughs> to laugh if you bring up the robot. Someone not, had to do it. We can't go one Rocky episode without mentioning the robot. Look, he was retired. He was wanted to spend time with his family and his robot <laughs> like, like a regular, regular guy. guy. All right, so here's, my, here's what I'm going to say about Duke. I do think that he took off for Russia and somewhat abandoned his son. But as I remember, so Adrian if Duke is born in the early 70s. No, he was like 12. Adrian is in Russia with Rocky. Right. So they both abandoned Robert. We don't know. Fair enough. They're very well, you know, little Duke's birth mother probably is there. Sure, yeah. And she's like, you, you, you need to do this. For, you need to do this for Apollo. Yes, you can go. That's what I'm going to say. Okay. My, my, my alternative, if it was also that Duke's birth mother also went to Russia, which, man, I hope not. <laughs> That's I a gonna, good distinction. You're right. Because, yeah, I think it's it's... It's it's really only the fact that both of them go. No, it's really terrible. It's awful. They're awful parents. Let, <laughs> let, let, let's put the uh, what I, what I'd say is even if you established that Duke's little Duke's birth mother also went, what I would say is I'd still defend Duke because we know Rocky has a long history of not being a good father. This would have been the only example that we'd have of Duke. So I'm going to give Duke the benefit of the doubt yeah. that that was a one time thing because. 
his like lifelong friend and who he had trained was murdered. Sure, yes. Maybe not murdered, not militia, but it was killed in the ring. He needed to be there to be part of helping Rocky avenge Apollo. And and look, this not that this is the only metric or even a meaningful metric of who was a better father, but it's worth noting that little Duke followed in his father's footsteps and Robert very clearly didn't yeah, want to. That's so. that's a good point too. Thank you for that. All right. But it, that doesn't necessarily mean anything. It's just it's worth noting. I think it's an indication though that it, it it's an indication that if he really resented his dad, he probably would not do this the same job. Yeah, probably. All right. All right. So my next question is another Wheeler question. I'd like to know what do you think? So, pretty Ricky Conlon jacks Wheeler in the face and breaks his jaw. What do you think pretty Ricky said to Wheeler, to, or vice versa? What do you think Wheeler said to Ricky to set him off to that point? <laughs> it's hard to answer that question because we get, like, no sense of Wheeler's personality, really, other than just, like, he enjoys... He enjoys Taking uh, you know Mustangs off of yeah you don't get much so it's it's a tough question. I mean it must have been something pretty bad, but it's hard for me to to say with any specificity right, that's because fair. that's fair. That's so, that's too no that's too tough a question. Not that, that, I'm not. Don't, I'll ring don't. it. I don't. I don't have an answer. All right. I think I want to ask you a bunch of questions. <laughs> I want to have them answered immediately. That's not what I wanted to hit here. Uh, this, this is I actually don't have a case. No case. All right, that's fine. But it was a tough question. Let me. Let, let me ask you one that I think that you can answer and speculate. All right. I'd like to know, whatever happened to Mason the Line Dixon? I mean, it's nine years later. So at some point... Well, also, it's, I think the weight classes here are a little... You know, they're playing real fast and loose with the weight classes. I don't think Donnie is a heavyweight. No, this, I, that bout is not. They're, they're, he's a light heavyweight. Yeah. So for all we know, you know, Mason Line Dixon right, is still heavyweight fair. champ. That that's fair. Because this, this is for the light heavyweight champ. That's fair. And I forgot because Rock, yeah, Rock, it was fair. You you answered it. Done. Well, but I, the, the movie doesn't do a very good job explaining that you know what he's. A I light, feel I the feel, only time they really talk about it when when Pete's like, hey, what how what's your weight? Like, can you get down to one seventy five? Because oh think, yeah, that that they definitely do, and he gets down to it. But yeah. I, I of all of the references and connections that you pointed out that it made. And maybe it's just because when we went through Rocky Balboa, I, I liked Mason the Line Dixon a lot more than I thought I would. Yeah, it would have been nice to get some kind of reference. I would have liked to have some sort of closure with him. I, I feel like I feel shortchanged that we get no closure there. They, there's a scene in Creed 2 where they had an opportunity to name drop him, and they don't. Yeah, so that's you're, a bummer. Yeah, that's, that's a bummer. It, but All in right. this movie, where would they have even talked I'm not him? sure he would have, because you're right. I, was, I wasn't thinking that he was a heavyweight. He, he really, it's not like Conlon would have beat him. It, yeah, the, but the connection's not there. It's not. I think. I think it's supposed to all. This is all supposed to be light heavyweight. But I yeah. don't know I, how I clear it is. I mean, it, I think it's more clear with with the Sperino fight that they're that's a light heavyweight fight. Well, I I didn't read all of them, but I in, in when you get those like this is a thing that's actually a big stylistic change is when you first meet the, the different boxers and it goes <laughs> when it shows like their record and like their nickname facts and, about them. Yeah, oh, I like that a lot. I did too, and I think it's 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 a really cool way to do it and like. You know, it's it's taking it's it's you know Ryan Coogler putting his own stamp on things, but it doesn't feel too far afield. Like it it it, it still works. Oh yeah, it doesn't feel like it's it's really you know it's very unrocky, but also it, it still works. But um, yeah, I think pretty much they all say like number two light heavyweight contender. Uh, they, right. All the all those moments they all say light heavyweight. 
But in the story, they don't really. And I, I think that's everything. mostly because they cast Michael B. Jordan, and right. they needed that to be plausible. But I, if I remember correctly, I haven't watched Creed two since I bought the Blu-ray. If I remember correctly, I think he's up to. They bump him up to heavyweight because hmm. Michael B. Jordan is jacked in that movie, <laughs> like ridiculously to the point where it's like that doesn't look healthy. <laughs> we'll get to it. Okay. So yeah, I, th- I think I think by Creed two he is. I think the every- one kid seems to love the Speedo Man. <laughs> well, also, I think in that case, I mean, you you know about Drago and Creed too, and, yeah. Dra- and Drago's son, and that guy's a gigantic <laughs> human being. So I think they had to. It's like there's no way that guy's a light heavyweight. So. You can't have James Caan versus Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> right? Yeah, I, guess, I think that's that's part of it. Um. Okay, so here's a question. Something that I didn't really think about until this movie, where really people talk up Apollo a lot as like. This incredible could be the when, greatest of all time. When, when yeah. people learn that Adonis is Apollo's son, it, you know, when Bianca learns and she kind of gets upset, like, "Why didn't you tell me this?" and it's like, you know, she's so dis- she's so nonchalant about meeting Rocky Balboa, but just even hearing about Apollo Creed, she's like, "Oh my god, Apollo Creed!" So my question is this: Do you think Apollo is really the the greatest in the way they describe, or do you think that his untimely death? resulted in a greater mystique that is sort of Bruce Lee-esque in that way of like... I'm, I'm going to go, as much as I love Carl Weathers and as much as I love Apollo as the character, I actually am going to go with the latter. I think that the the untimely and the way that he died, I think he has become elevated. Be, and I, I, he probably, I think Wilbon actually is the one who maybe probably puts it best is that, yeah, he might not be the best, but he's in the conversation. Sure. So yeah. I could see, I, I think Apollo was probably one, you know, like, I don't think he was Muhammad Ali, but, you know, he's probably up there. Like, he he was very, very good and wouldn't have been anybody. I, I don't think he was the greatest of all time and shouldn't have been in that strata. Like, you know, maybe he's Muhammad Ali. I think the untimely death puts him there, but he would have been, you know, like, George Foreman. He's somebody who's very, very good, but you wouldn't have said the kind of like transcends the transcends the sport. Yeah, and is is like somebody that's the greatest of something of all time. Yeah, because that feels like a new spin that this movie's putting on. It doesn't and, feel like Apollo has that mystique until this movie, where it's like, oh, Apollo Creed, like wow, right. And so I actually think Will Bond's that he, he's in the conversation. I think that would have always been true sure. that he would have been in the conversation of one of the greatest boxers of all time. But I think because of Rocky Four, all of a sudden he now has supplanted. Now this movie is making that leap because I don't think you're right. We've ever seen it before. But now all of a sudden it's like, no, Muhammad Ali is not the greatest boxer of all time. Somehow Apollo Creed is. I'm not yeah. sure I'd buy that. I'm not sure I'd buy that. Well, I don't know. If, unclear if Muhammad Ali exists in this world. We know Mike Tyson exists. <laughs> I don't know about Muhammad Ali. Well, I'll make the leap that if Mike Tyson exists, Muhammad Ali has to yeah, exist. Yeah, probably. I don't all know right. how any of these things work. Here's, what I'm, here's probably my last Last kind of, I think, good question. Yeah, this is the last, the last, last one for me. That doesn't mean that you need to only have one more. Okay. I'd like to know. So, Billy Holiday, as much as I love him, his plan and presentation is that nobody needs to know that this sixteen and zero record. <laughs> yeah, that's true. We never talked about is this. Pumped up. Yeah. How realistic is that? Uh, I mean, boxing, I don't know how, you know, it has a reputation for being pretty crooked. I don't know how accurate that is. But, you know, if you know the right people, you could probably... Uh, know that 15 of those fights were in Tijuana? <laughs> I mean, so, you, you see a record and you have no reason to doubt it. It's like, well, the record says he's 16-0. and 0. I, like, I, I think I, the fact uh, that you YouTube probably just need to know the right w- person to at the boxing, you know, in the whatever organization. 
But the thing is, it's not things. a lie. It's what well, I guess my point is is that the media we're in a world that's unestablished. YouTube exists. All this stuff exists. Yeah, it wouldn't take much to unravel. It, right. That. It wouldn't take much to say. No, this is a total farce. He's fought one time. What are you talking about? Well, no, I think he fought 16 times, but they were all in T.O. Yeah, he fought they one all, real fight. They were all Spider Ricos, basically. Yeah, exactly. Not even probably as good as Spider Rico. <laughs> that opening fight, we didn't really talk about it in Tijuana. I love the moment. he That fight goes like 20 seconds. The guy gets not, And while while the referee's counting, Donnie's taking his glove off. He is so confident that the fight is over. That is amazing. That's man. such a great moment. Talk about... He may not be streets. He is a baller, though. That yes. He's already taken... I just won that fight that, that really establishes knocked him. out yeah i love that <laughs> it's so great he's already taking his gloves off uh, uh sorry what other questions do you have for me i think you've you've answered it that that's fair all right real quick and this is i think i think it's impl- the answer is implied in the movie but it's not confirmed so i'm just like to hear your perspective uh, but my my question is does robert know that rocky has been diagnosed with cancer Ooh, and you say it thinks I don't know if it's implied. It, to me, my viewing of the movie, no, I don't think he, I don't think there's really any. Yeah, I, that, that's what I'm saying. Contact. I, I don't think so. No, I think that's the implication is that there's no contact at all. Even yeah. though Rocky kind of plays, he soft shoes it like, oh, I th- he's in Vancouver. That, he he wasn't think, happy here. Yeah, uh, I, I think the fact that he knows that he's in a, pl- uh, a place called Vancouver also is like perfect. That oh right, a place called Vancouver. Yeah, right. that like that Rocky says that and. Especially that what we like, like like Donnie wouldn't know where Vancouver is or what it well, is. Well, right, and that's the funny thing too is it's clear he doesn't really he doesn't know Adonis the way the audience does, which is fair. Right. But a place called Vancouver, it's like yeah, sorry, Rock. <laughs> he absolutely knows where Vancouver yeah, is. He's probably been there. Frankly, <laughs> they might have a house up in Vancouver actually, but whatever. But that aside, I I think that that the delivery of that no, there hasn't been contact in a long time, and yeah. with that. I don't. There'd be no reason for Robert to reach out, and if Rocky didn't want to tell Donnie, there's no way he's calling a kid that doesn't doesn't really want to talk to him. He's not calling with that. Yeah, I think that's the implication. It's just it's interesting how you know this is a movie that's trying to create a father son dynamic, and so but Rocky has an actual son, and how do you deal with that? And you know, I think it's just the movie doesn't want to spend a lot of time dealing with like where's Roberts and what's going on with Roberts. Like, hey, he's in Vancouver, and there's it's clearly strained at the very least but yeah i think you know when, when he g- delivers that that dialogue of just like oh i think he's doing okay in vancouver with his girlfriend or whatever and it's like maybe they're talking every once in a while maybe but then it's like well if they're in contact with each other somehow it would you know robert would learn about this and he would come to philly you would do it you think so. so unless it's a really bad relationship which it, yeah so it, it's kind of it's it's this underlying thing that's very sad, especially, you know, the, is the saddest part, and we, we never talked about it, is the scene where they talk about Robert and he has the picture. And the picture is of Sage, Sage Stallone when he played Robert in, I don't know if it was three or four, but it's, uh, or maybe it was from five. From five. But what, the, the photo is of Rocky and his, his real son, who, for, between Rocky Balboa and Creed, had passed away. Yeah. And this is whole scene about, like, Rocky not getting along with his son, and it's the photos of Rocky's, or Stallone's real son who passed away, and it's just, there's this underlying really sad thing going on that it's not really dealing with. And understandably so, because not, that's not what the movie's about, but it's interesting how, in order to deal with it in a timely way, it kind of ended up making it pretty dark, you know, yes. in a way that it, it, the movie kind of doesn't want you to stop and think about it. Fair. Yep. Anyway, that was a bummer question to end on, but that was my last question. That's all right. 
Should we move on to Silk Coast Art Corner? Yes, we shall. This is the Silk Coast Art Internet Research Corner, where I sometimes take a, take a deep dive into some piece of internet trivia. That, Keep going, sir. So, so uh, this is named after the actor Silk Cozart, who was in Eraser, uh, who was our essentially our first Silk Cozart. So, did I do it or not? Uh, my guess, because the enormous amount of time that you spent on notes on the movie itself, I'm going to guess no, you did not. <laughs> that, that, well, that's accurate, but I do want to take this segment really quick. All right. We're so long, but um, I decided what we can do with the segment is I wrote down every real sports media person who has ever appeared in a Rockies movie. Oh, you know what we didn't get in the little details? What's did, that? did you have a animal report? Ooh. Oh, you're right. I know oh, that's that's a great point. For all my notes, I do not have a a Rocky pet watch. So, Uh-oh. and then that's essential because we have an appearance of Cuff and Link in this movie. Well, I was going to say because I think that I've got Cuff and Link, but yeah, there is there's just one. What? No, they're both there. It's okay, a, Cuff and Link are both there. Yeah, I, that was really. Um, I was not doing my job. Leroy Neiman is not in this movie. There's no Leroy nope. Neiman watch. All right, sorry. So that, that has ended, but I, yeah, you're right. Pet watch needs to continue, and they're, they're, Cuff and Link are in this movie. I think they, they've shown in the scene just after the Leo fight. Yes. And ju- just just before, uh, is it before or after that? What, the Donnie and uh, yeah. Bianca get it on in Rocky's yeah. couch? Yeah, so maybe it's maybe it's they pan up to, yeah, yeah, pan up to the t- turtles. I yeah. think it's kind of like to... You know the turtles kind of tie back to like yeah. Rocky and Adrian's. Yeah. Fair you yep. know, I think, uh, I think that that's sort of the thematic thing going on. All right, so sorry, you were your Silk Cozart is the sports sports figures that have been in the movie. So here's here's a list of every real sports figure that has appeared in a Rocky movie. There are there are twelve of them, and uh, I was, I thought we could rank them, but honestly, I don't even know if it's worth taking the time. But anyway. Just wanted to document them. So first we got Stu Nahan, who I guess was a real guy. He he's the the guy, he's in all of the first six Rocky movies. I'm Stu Nahan. He's always the guy who was doing the, the play-by-play of gotcha. the original Rocky movies. I guess he was a broadcaster in the 70s. Uh, we got Brett Musburger in Rocky II, who I think interviewed Apollo. And then Rocky Balboa and Creed is really where the floodgates start with the ESPN personalities. Rocky Balboa has... Woody Page, Skip Bayless, Jay Crawford. You Dane- love Skip Bayless. <laughs> yeah, of course. I mean, if we're ranking them, I put him dead last. <laughs> you bury uh, him. Jay Crawford, Dana Jacobson, and then the uh, fight is called by Jim Lampley and Larry Merchant of HBO and Max Kellerman. So, which Larry Merchant is conspicuously absent in this movie. Another HBO fight, but this time it's just Jim Lampley and uh, Max Kellerman. Kellerman. Larry Merchant is nowhere to be found. Uh, and then, yeah, this movie has Tony Kornheiser and Michael Wilbon and Hannah Storm, all ESPN people. Nice. So, all right. So uh, that was the Silk Cozar quarter. Are we really <laughs> not interesting? Maybe I'll just cut it out. <laughs> are we ready to move on to why we're here? Uh, yeah, let's do it. This movie we only killed forty-eight people compared to the last one that we killed one hundred and nineteen. All right, we are on to the body count. The segment of the show. The reason why we're here. And it is to compare Sylvester Stallone's, for now, maybe we'll do some more, but for now, Sylvester Stallone's body count to Arnold Schwarzenegger's. <laughs> we can I'm, barely... buying, I'm buying time for Kevin to get the numbers up. <laughs> don't make any promises about beyond Stallone because we can barely do this podcast now. So don't look I, too did, far I said ahead. maybe. I, yeah, didn't, maybe. I, I didn't make any promises. Uh, okay. The only reason I hold on to hope is because I really have the person picked. And I've had a pick no, for I'm, I'm on board. 
All right, so here we go. It's time for the numbers. Oh, well, here, I can make this one easy. The answer for this movie is zero. Yes, the answer is zero all, all the way around. I mean, Pauly dies off screen, much like Adrian did prior to Rocky Balboa, but that, yes. we don't count off screen. Um, I like that that's the, 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 the way things are now. Because, you know, the Rocky series has been, like, full of dramatic on-screen deaths from, like, Mickey and then Apollo, obviously. Like, I like that these characters are given the dignity of just yes. dying off screen. Like, you know, just, we don't need to see We it. don't need to see them go. Let's yeah. just remember them for who they were. Okay, so anyway, so we have now covered 48 Sylvester Stallone movies. Oh, man. And uh, Sylvester Stallone currently exactly has a body count of 500. Is that right? I thought it was, he was at 499. Why do I feel like this is wrong? <laughs> Am I missing a movie? I think I'm missing a movie. I think I forgot to save this file last time. Our, our, unfortunately, our last movie was a no, Steve right. Planning. Yeah, so I'm not, I'm not missing anything. Okay, so, uh, so as of now... Uh, Sylvester Stallone has an average body count of 10.42. We're comparing to Arnold Schwarzenegger, who has an average body count of 14.39. Total body count of 547. So Sylvester Stallone, 47 behind. And that's where we left him last time. So no change, and that's no surprise. Nope. Especially in Rocky's old age. Rocky's not a killer, but in particular at age 70, whatever. Only maybe in, in, in Rambo. Rambo is still a killer, not not so much Rocky. Yes, right? that's true. Well, just wait till Rambo 5. We haven't well, gotten there yet. I don't know. We could be doing it next because it's going to be your pick. All that's right. true, but no. You ready to give an award? Yep, let's do it. Outstanding achievement is... All right, the Wrecking Crew Award. This is the segment of the show where we award, uh, we give the Wrecking Crew Award to the character who wrecked the most shop in the movie. Oh, I should say, I've had to amend this <laughs> the last few seasons. Sometimes it may be an inanimate object or an abstract idea or concept. It really has been a, well, expanded. It's it's none of those things in my case. Uh, no, it's not in my case either, this one. I, this one was pretty easy for me. Oh, you go first then. Uh, I, I mean, look, he, he breaks a character's jaw. He's got a great <laughs> intro yeah. and he wins the, he wins the last fight. It's pretty Ricky Collin. Yeah. I thought about giving it to Ryan Coogler just for making an incredible movie. I can understand that. I think, uh, I, I part of me wanted to jokingly giving, give it to stitch for <laughs> cheating and <laughs> allowing Donnie to continue on when he clearly was not, he should not have been. Um, that's an interesting moment. I guess we didn't really talk about it. Just like, boy, just having Donnie's team cheat for him. Okay. <laughs> I mean, whatever. And to keep him in the fight. Yeah. But I agree with you. It's, it's Ricky Conlon that for that, in, that entrance alone. It is great. It really is. It's, he's a monster coming to the ring and just, and also, you know, like it's interesting how, and I think the correct choice that because they're light heavyweights where it's like Conlon isn't like this physically imposing guy. He's in good shape and he's, he's a real boxer and like, I, I'm, I wouldn't want to face him. But, you know, they didn't cast the guy just for like his physique. Like, you know, he's got a normal like athletic physique, but he's not he doesn't look like a monster. But then they the way they they shoot him, the he way the filmmaking dragon is coming in. Yeah, the way he's presented in the filmmaking. Um, so, yeah, we agree. Pretty All right. Kind of, I almost gave it to Ryan Coogler, but I guess that's not 
allowed. That's really not a character. You want to talk about just really breaking the rules. Yeah, it's it's about the fictional world of the movie. It's not about I'll, the I'll accept an abstract concept in the fictional world and an inanimate yeah. object. You Whenever I do that, it's it's an inanimate, inanimate object in the movie. Yes. I, can't, I can't step outside the movie. You can't go through the fourth wall, man. Yeah, I agree. Okay. All right, you ready for the Rocky rating? Let's do it. Punching car accident victim. No, 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 you don't understand. He was bad mouthing my film. All right, the Rocky rating. This is the segment of the show where we rate the movie based on Rocky opponents from Apollo Creed to Spider Rico. This one was also very easy for me. Yes. Uh, but not surprisingly, Creed is an Apollo Creed. It gets a Creed. Because yes. Of course it does. Not just yeah. because of the name. It it It's probably the best movie again. I haven't seen them all, but it probably is the best movie in the series. Um, Yeah. I mean, I'm as reluctant as I am to say that it is. I think it, I think it, I really think it is. Um, I really want to talk about Creed two. It's a bummer that we can't just go right to Creed two because I'm kind of anxious to see your reaction in particular because of its connection to Rocky four and just, it's not as good a movie, but, in some ways, it's more interesting, but um, we'll get there. I, I'm looking, I don't want to jump the gun. I'm looking forward to it, but I'm, I also feel that it's been the right... To, I think that it's good to have me as somebody who's going to be able to go in fresh to that one. Oh, having, I definitely... Yeah, I want you to go in fresh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, anyway, that's this is the end of half of the season. I think normally we would take a break and do a bonus episode or something, but I think I think... Unfortunately, because of realities of uh, you know things going on that are means we're not able to release episodes on a regular schedule. I would suggest we haven't talked about it, but I would suggest rather than doing a bonus episode and doing a quote unquote break, we kind of already did a break. So yeah. maybe maybe the rest of the season is just episodes go up when we can put them up. Yeah, that's fair. And you know, as much as I, I as a podcast consumer, I hate that. I, I like podcasts to have a regular. It's one of the reasons yeah. why I was so insistent that it's like, let's try and get an episode. And I was really proud that we, you know we were able to, and we did it for a long time too. It's not like years. No, we did it for a, a, you know six months or something. It was literally years. I mean, we we were very yeah. regimented. So, there were a few that was like, oh, we're running out of buffer. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we we planned ahead. We we knew we had to record in advance, and sometimes yeah. that got us in trouble. Where it's like we were record, you know, sometimes we're recording months in advance. It's one of the big reasons why we don't really. You know, also, you know, I, I think just it's not that kind of podcast, but, you know, we don't really have any kind of like, you know, for a while we would, we would be like, oh, email us or whatever. But it's like, we, you know, because we record these so far in advance, usually it's like, ah, there's no way to really do that. Um, but now they're going to go off. Probably what we'll do is we'll record them whenever we can. And then I'll, you know, give me a day or two to edit them and I'll, I'll put them right up. So yeah, that's probably, you know, they'll go up whenever they go up and, um, so I guess that means I should pick a movie, right? Or- uh, so I would say so. I had hoped with this intro that or you know lead in that we you didn't talk to me about that you had a movie picked and the plan was oh yeah Mike's going to go along with this while we're recording <laughs> and I'm going to tell him the movie we picked because I mean from from my perspective I I think that's the the right way to go and you know maybe we'll get lucky right and it won't be every two weeks but hopefully it won't be nearly as you know, as long as it's been. Yeah. But I, I agree. I don't I don't think we need the break because now we've kind of broken our promise and so now we can put them up more when it's convenient and hopefully we haven't lost everybody that's listening. But then at the same time, at least then they know, oh, all right, at least they're going to do the next Alone movie for sure, right? Yeah. And yeah. so... Okay, I'm uh, glad you agree because if you didn't agree, I would have just cut this out. We could have... <laughs> 
you know, when they're learning how a sausage is made. Uh, no, so I, I wholeheartedly, I, the, my only disappointment is, is that you had a plan and then you didn't fully commit to it by actually picking a movie before you presented the plan. Yeah, I don't want to do Rambo next. That's, I mean, that's fair. I think similar to I, I wanted to do Rambo four oh, and Rocky. While, while you're making again. a pick, keep this in mind. I subjected people to another damn escape plan movie, so try and give us something good to work with. No, I, you know what? I don't know if this is going to be good or bad, because okay. it's going to be a movie that I don't really know much about. Oh, okay. But originally, before Creed 2 came out, if you remember, there were seven oh, quote-unquote Rocky movies. I know where and you're going, and this was that, would, if, if you, you're doing what I'm thinking of doing... That was my alternative to Escape Plan, but only because Escape Plan was on Amazon and I wanted to get it out of the way, I picked Escape Plan. Okay, I don't know where this movie is available, but we were going to fill in the Rocky category with an eighth movie, Grudge Match. Yep. Which is Stallone and Robert De Niro is as aging boxers. It's essentially, you know, the obviously the gimmick when they made this movie it was Jake LaMotta versus yeah. you know, Rocky Balboa. I, I'm sure the characters that actually play don't bear any resemblance to those characters, but... Um, yeah, coming off of Creed, you know, maybe it'll be bad. I don't know. I, it's, I guess it's a comedy, but I, I don't know much about it. <laughs> so let's do Grudge Match next. I'm all for it. I'm actually, I'm super excited about it because it, legitimately, I'm not just saying that. That was my alternative pick yeah. be, because I actually thought it was probably going to be a better movie than, even if it's not good, it was going to be better than an escape, you know, the next escape plan. I think it's our best bet for a good movie that's next. Probably. Although, you know, I didn't hate Rambo Last Blood, but I don't think now is the time to deal with it. Fair enough. Because it would be, we have to deal with Rambo Last Blood. It's not just let's discuss it, it's, we got to deal with it. Okay. For reasons that are not worth getting into. Oh now. man, I am in for a treat. Okay, I'm. I'm very. I'm actually. I'm very excited. I'm looking forward. I'm glad to be a part of it. I'm excited about Grudge Match. I've Good. never seen it. I don't really know anything about it either. But I'm most excited because it was my next pick. So I feel like I'm getting two picks in a row. Well, there you go. Well, yeah. Like I said, all I remember was the marketing. They were clearly going for a certain thing. They were, they were playing off of, you know, they're, they were uh, leeching off of other more successful franchises. Or I guess, you know, Raging Bull is not a franchise, but you know what I mean. Like, yes. It, so, I don't Nothing know. wrong there. All right. Well, hopefully it's been long, but hopefully you've enjoyed the show. Yeah, and look, if, so, if we're going to delay it, if we're going to be late by like four weeks, let's, let's give you your money's worth. Give I, you this a might lot end of our time. Being like a three-hour episode. How long have we been going? I don't know. Oh, this is over three hours, Jesus! Yeah, but this is gonna be our longest episode ever. But some of that stuff, I think, was you and I riffing before the episode. But whatever. whatever. Oh, right now the recording time is three uh, three hours and thirty five minutes, and we didn't talk for thirty five minutes. So we, we've been this episode is three hours. It probably is. I might once the trims go in, maybe it'll be shorter. But well, it'll, it'll be, be it'll be close to three hours no matter what. Well, hopefully you enjoyed it. If if so. If you didn't like it, we don't want to hear from you. But if so... If they didn't like it, they didn't get this far. That's probably true. You're right. Maybe that's why I saved this for the end. Uh, please like us on your podcast app of choice. Uh, maybe write us a favorable review. And we would like to hear from you if I or Kevin ever get around to looking on Twitter at Arms Race Podcast. We've bear, been really bad. Bear with us in general on all fronts, on social media fronts. And if, if you've reached out to us on social media and we're not getting back to you in a timely manner, just understand there's a lot going on. The fact that we get this po- we got this podcast done. Hey, yes. it's done. We did it. It took us That's forever, something. but we got, we got to it. We did it. We did. All right. And yeah, if um, you know, know someone who might like this show point them towards this mega episode maybe they'd like this we'll be back with grudge match
waste my time. Tell him don't waste my time. Tell him don't waste my time. Tell him don't waste my time. No, no, no. Tell him don't waste my time. 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 No, no, no. Pray to the Lord. In this cold world, I'm a born sinner. Be poor liquor. Y'all come over, it's all jigger Chicks wanna holler Can't be my baby mama Cause I don't need that drama Unless she Rihanna Most of you the fuck up I'm a puppet cherry now she called